This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily on the precipice of the August long weekend. It's great to have you all with us. Andrew Patterson with you along with the CTO, Michael Remus. And we have a great show heading into the weekend. Lots to get to right off the top with Remo at 120. Really looking forward to having Chris Meany on the program. Jay's making a big, big move today. We'll discuss what's going on with the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Get Meany's thoughts on National Hockey League free agency as well as um, maybe even a look ahead to football season with some big news in the National Football League as well. 145 or thereabouts, if you're watching with us live on YouTube, the Hammer himself, Jeff Hamilton, will be back. Today is CFL roster cutdown day. Rosters need to be finalized by this evening, and then we move on to week one of the regular season and counting down the hours now until next Thursday at IG Field as the Bombers raise that banner and kick off the CFL season against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Monday is also Derby Day, the biggest day of live racing in Manitoba every year, the Manitoba Derby. Darren Dunn from Assiniboia Downs will pop on. Let, let us know how things are going now as things are getting opened a little bit, and they've been able to welcome fans back as well as uh, get his thoughts on the big race coming up on Monday. As always, we are brought to you on Winnipeg Sports Talk by our great family of sponsors, including Paramount Services Limited, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, and CoolBet.com. All right, let's get to it. We've got lots to get to, including uh, kind of an unfortunate departure from the Winnipeg Jets. Matthew Perot signing with the Montreal Canadiens. Let's get Michael Remus in here to... Uh, to get things going. Oh, I've got some hot soccer takes too, folks. Um, Remo, what's going on? How are you? Uh, are you ready for the weekend? Are you ready, most importantly, for this show before we get into a long weekend? Oh, of course. I'm here. I got a fresh uh, haircut, so I'm uh, feeling good, looking good. Yeah. Shaved yesterday. I was getting... And when people are watching on YouTube, I started to feel bad. I was like, I got to do, do a better job of shaving more Clean free, it up. frequently. Clean it up, Remus. I hate <laughs> shaving. It's the worst. So I try to spread it out. You know, I'm not having to go into an office or anything, you know, look presentable in front of people. But I do need to look presentable on YouTube here. So uh, anyway. But yeah, Ma Matthew Pro, that was the big news last night. Pro, uh, uh, I mean, the Jets were waiting for them to sign, you know, maybe a depth forward. Someone who can help out on the PK maybe a veteran guy taking over. I mean, they lost Lewis and Thompson and now Perot. I mean, those guys were steady mainstays in the, in the fourth line. And he signed one year, 950K, hometown team Montreal. He did his press conference today or his Zoom call, had the jersey hanging. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of Jets fans disappointed to see him go. You look at the cost, you think, why couldn't we, why couldn't we keep this guy? Um, I'm not sure what went into it, but I think, you know, he I don't think it was a money. I don't think it was a money issue at no. all. I think they I were mean, just, I think it was, yeah, the opportunity for Matthew pro to go and play for, you know, the team he grew up uh, idolizing going back home. That's it, it. It's a special team. It's a special place. And if you are a Quebec product, you probably always dreamed at one point of putting on the blue blanc et rouge of uh, Les Canadiens. And he will have the opportunity to do that. Um, as you mentioned, 950K. And the guys in Perot's situation right now are getting squeezed. 
And and the funny thing is, Reem, I have a feeling that he was probably in a bit of a waiting period over the course of the first day, uh, based, basically waiting on Corey Perry's situation. And it did seem like when Perry signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning, that opened up that spot that Matthew Perot will get an opportunity to go, uh, go and see. Listen, it's a tough loss for the Winnipeg Jets. I certainly think we all realized that there was a potential of that happening. Um, but as we talked extensively yesterday on the program, I was certainly here to bring back Matthew Perot on, you know, a deal in and around this range if the numbers worked. Um, bottom line is it, when you're in that situation, the money's going to pretty much be the same from team to team. You want a great situation for yourself, for your family. He loved it here and he spoke so highly of Winnipeg. But this is also a bit of a, a hockey decision for Perot, um, you know, who pretty much knew what his lot was going to be if he was here with the Winnipeg Jets essentially in the bottom six, potentially fourth line role again. And, uh, you know, I can't blame him for maybe wanting a bit bigger of a role. But all in all, he will leave Winnipeg as a beloved former Jet, uh, a, a real fan favorite, and a guy that, um, I'll say one thing, Remo, picture day for the Winnipeg Jets just is not going to be the same without Perot and all the incredible different looks he uh, he regaled us with uh, each and every year when uh, when he came to training camp. Yeah, apologies to everyone on um, podcast, but we're going to go through Hockey DB. I don't know. A lot of people don't know about this. You find a guy's picture, you click on it, and it shows all of them. So here's a young pro with the Capitals. Oh, there he is. Uh, you know, he's kind of growing the hair out here. And he's on the Jets. He's got short hair. I don't think these are in chronological order, but, I mean, he's got so many different looks. This one. That's the, <laughs> this one, that's was the one. Okay, this one is good. He's got long hair and a mustache. And little, uh, what do you call it, flavor saver? What's the appropriate term? People still call oh, it Oh, that's that? the soul patch. That's soul the patch. soul patch. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I wasn't sure <laughs> what the term was. And then this one is out of control. The uh, full beard, <laughs> like, messy hair. Uh, this is such a this is this is a great look as well. Uh, and then what else what was the other one? This hair, this haircut. He's got like the man bun. And more Perot was doing beard. the man bun before every hipster started wearing the man bun. And then when everyone did, he, he was always the trendsetter. Matthew Perot, hair-wise, was always a step ahead. And um, once it became popular for other people to do that, he went a different direction. Definitely the trendsetter when it came to haircuts in the history of uh, this 10 years of the Winnipeg well, Jets being back. I mean, it's funny. Like You look at like... Uh... Ryan Getzlaff's is the one. You kind of see him just getting balder as it goes. I mean, Perot, each of his, he looks the same. He just has like, look at this one. Like, look at this. He's got shaved on the sides of the hair. He's got a completely different look. That's a bit every, of a fade. Every year. Is that a fade? Yeah. Yeah. Is it fade? Yeah. So there you go. And he's got the uh, very, you know, very trimmed beard here. So uh, the guy had, oh, this is, I think this is more, almost looks like a Star Wars, like super villain with this hair, with this uh, long hairdo. But, uh, I mean, these are great shots, and this is like a younger. This must have been one of the earlier. These aren't in chronological order. But, I mean, he was one of the best Jets free agent signings. He signed the four years, and I think he tacked on another three. Um, You know, he was kind of getting paid for more than what his role was, and I guess I think both sides were ready to move on. Um, But it doesn't mean, you know, he's anything bad to say about the city. Here, I can pull up, uh, his wife posted a, a very nice farewell post on Instagram. I think she's... She's in charge of the social media for the family. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, a fun and she really does seem like uh, I mean, they seem like they've got a wonderful young family. Um, yeah. All three of their kids born in Winnipeg. 
I mean, they've been here for well, pretty much their lives. I mean, they'd get back to Quebec in the off season, but this has been they wouldn't be been here, you know with through the meat of his NHL career. It's been here in the peg, and you know he will leave here with great memories. You know, unfortunately, we weren't able to to raise a cup while Matthew Pro was here. But I'll tell you what, Reem. As far as returning players coming back to the arena um, here in Winnipeg, Matthew Pro is going to get a hero's welcome when he comes mm. back. And of all of the tribute videos and welcome back videos, uh, that's going to be one with uh, a lot of content in it. I'll tell you what, because he was a big part of this hockey club when he got here right through until the final season, seven great years as a Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, I agree with you. And I was just tweeted out um, yesterday. The picture of him with the four pucks from his four-goal game. Narrowly, Sorry, Gail. Yeah, nor- narrowly missing the uh, fifth one. So Gail McDonald uh, didn't take home the million dollars. And I think Al Montoya was in goal. I mean, it was literally on the goal line, and he had that breakaway. People were, I mean, the Safeway score and win, it's now, I think, save on uh, a score and win. Um, and, you know, the other guy won the million from uh, Line A, and someone won, like, 100K from Cops. For, I don't think they had the 100K prize, secondary prize at that time for the four goal game. So she, uh, or she didn't win the million, but I remember, I remember the excitement on the broadcast. We had her on, on the radio and there, I posted another highlight too, when he scored a shootout winner with a broken stick against the Ottawa senators. And you can see in the videos, like examining his stick. It, I think he broke it on a shop block and didn't realize, but in the sixth round, I mean, he, I, I did um, social media for the NHL at all the jets games for a couple of years. And I would take pictures of, you know, the guy's celebrating, and no one was more excited to celebrate a goal <laughs> or score a goal than Matthew Perot. And I loved his excitement uh, for the game. I mean, he brought a lot of tenacity, go into the corners, and uh, who could forget Rick Ralph, I, nicknaming him the human jumper cables <laughs> yes. for, for his first uh, tenure here. Uh, for the first couple of years, I mean, you could put him on any line. Um, and if they needed a spark, you'd put Perot on. And the last, like, two years, he was more of a, a bottom forward as, you know, more guys came in. but. Uh, I mean, he was a huge part of the team uh, from 2014 to 2021. I can't believe it was seven, uh, seven years. I think that's seven eight. seasons. I mean, he signed that three-year deal yeah. coming over from, uh, I believe it was Anaheim. And, you know, he got three million a season, played mm-hmm. well, and ended up getting, uh, you know, four more years at, in excess of four. And listen, the money doesn't work right now. I mean, he was realizing that. And listen, I think it's part of a fit for him, his family, also hockey so the Jets are going to need to move forward. But it is a significant loss in that bottom six and certainly another uh, another hole to fill for Kevin Sheveldayoff. But the biggest holes filled earlier this week with the two big trades mm-hmm. for the defensemen in yeah. Brendan Dillon and, uh, of course, Nate Schmidt. Um, great to see everybody with us here on YouTube. Do us a favor, if you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button and make sure you're subscribed if you haven't yeah. already. Um, and you can also hit that bell. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> the banner. <laughs> the the off-season chat. Champions. That's got a run, a lot of run yesterday from a yesterday's show to, when we when we raised the banner. Reed. Sorry, you talked about the Jets. I just didn't mean to interrupt you, but you talked about the Jets. Um, you know, making their big ads, and then Pierre LeBrun did call them uh, the offseason champions so far. So we had to ring, uh, raise the banner. And uh, if you missed that, it's on our Twitter account. I posted it on our TikTok uh, too. So uh, yeah, I just found out we had a TikTok, folks. We we're, uh, we're expanding the social media presence of Winnipeg Sports Talk into. The TikTok era. I, mean, I will. I will download and get that app this week. Maybe I'll turn into a full fledged TikToker in addition to a YouTuber next week. Reem. We'll have to make our like. Hot, we have to put your hot takes in TikTok form. We got to figure out 
how to do that. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. I don't know. Were you, tell, were you telling people to, to subscribe and like? Yeah, just the, we the usual folks. If you haven't yeah, already, hit the thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed. And uh, if you want to make sure you know when we're going on, make sure you turn the notifications on. We went on two hours early earlier in the week, and I know a lot of people ended up missing it or catching it a little bit later on. Has been a great week, though. Um, we're going to talk more Jets with Jeff Hamilton coming up. We'll also get into some CFL talks. I mentioned Chris Meany's coming up in a few minutes. Blue Jays make a huge deal today. We'll talk about that in just a second. But tonight is the Blue Jays' home opener, welcoming the Jays back to Toronto for the first time in two, two years. years. And this is a, this is a little bit of intel for you uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, especially those of you that are watching us live right now. If you don't have anything, if you don't have plans tonight, uh, you may have seen the tweet of the last couple of days, or at least I saw that, like from the Blue Jays account, that the Blue Jays and Boston Pizza were welcoming the Blue Jays back and doing an event at Boston Pizza City Place. And I thought maybe I was just getting caught up in the algorithm, uh, you know, that, you know, they do these tweets for everyone because I live closer to City Place or that I've ordered there lately, that they were getting it. But that's not the case. Uh, our friend Andrew from mm-hmm. Boston Pizza called me last night. Um, this is an awesome promo. Um, games at six o'clock tonight. Uh, everybody in attendance is going to get a couple beers, an appetizer, an indie pizza. They're going to be giving out a bunch of prizes as well, as I understand. But it's limited because of the 50% and all that, limited to about 60 people. I just talked to the folks over at BP. I think they've got room for about 20 more people. Um, but you just have to make a, make a reservation so that they can confirm your attendance. So if you want to get down there, 6 o'clock tonight, a bunch of great perks, a bunch of freebies for the Jays' homecoming game, um, give BP a call. I believe it's 925-4109. Um, I'm going to probably head down there. A couple other special guests might be making an appearance. Um, but yeah, get down, have a few cold ones, watch the Blue Jays get back there, uh, and get some great stuff from our friends at Boston Pizza. So there you go. You have been informed. Tonight, 6 o'clock, a bunch of freebies, Boston Pizza City Place. Um, and I'll be there probably into the game because I'm going to be on Sports at 960 until about 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, but then it'll be long weekend time. It'll be time to floor it, and it'll be time to uh, have a... Have a few and watch out the Blue Jays back. So it's Boston Pizza City Place tonight. If you want to go, just phone them right now and make sure you have a uh, have a spot for you and your friends, and maybe we'll see you down there. All right, well, listen, we got Chris Meany coming up, Jeff Hamilton a little bit later on, Darren Dunn at 215. We'll set up the Manitoba Derby, and then hopefully you entered the Instagram contest with Little Brown Jug and Breezy Bend. We will do one of Remus's world-famous marble races to give that away at the end of the program. All right, before we bring on Chris Meany, um, do you want to give a shout-out to our newest sponsor, Paramount Services Limited? I mentioned earlier this week that um, you know they come on board. This is a, a, you know, a full facility maintenance company serving commercial HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and handyman services to all your favorite convenience stores and restaurants in Western Canada, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year for the past 20 years. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop shop, or kitchen or cooler surprise for your business or property in Western Canada, give them a call. You can go down and see Joel, our guy Joel, for all your kitchen or cooler surprise. Um, and again, my pal Carrie O'Brien there as well. And they're also looking to uh, expand their staff. So if you have people or no friends, qualified techs, or people that specialize in HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and handiwork, go to their website. It's paramountservicesltd.com for more information and submit your resume today. And if you have needs uh, for your business, they'll take care of it all. Paramount Services, 
ltd.com. Uh, of course, the weekend is here. Lots of people are going to be getting outside. Maybe you need uh, some great camping gear. A lot of people don't know that in addition to everything else Royal Sports has, they've got a new camping section, got some great Jets Yeti mugs, Herschel gear, so much more, not to mention bikes, the expanded fitness center and fitness department, along with soccer, baseball, hockey, and the best selection of licensed merchandise maybe on the planet. And while you're at the Superstore on Pemina Highway, you can check out all the cool stuff on the King's Skate, Snow, and Surf side. Get ready to continue dominating summer with our friends at Royal Sports, 650 Rally NK and 750 Pemina Highway. And it is long weekend, the height of summer. You know what that means. Pop down and see our friends at the Nick and Nikki DQ group. For them in and around Manitoba, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Hook yourself up with one of those Kit Kat blizzards, maybe the drumstick blizzard. And for God's sakes, if you're going to an event this weekend, be the hero. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Put your order in for one of those ice cream cakes. Pop by, pick it up, and then be the, the hero of the event on the long weekend. Shout out to our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ uh, for all their support. All right, let's get to it. I've been looking forward to having this next gentleman on for a while. You know him as the head of content at FTN and the host of Mean Streets on the Game Plus Network. It's Chris Meany. Meany, what's going on? It's great to have you on the program. What's up, brother? Yeah, it's awesome to be here. When you guys reached out, I was like absolutely thrilled to join you. Uh, you've been killing it, man. Uh, congrats on all the new success. I'm not surprised and just happy to be here, man. And all, also, wanting ice cream. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing no, a little don't. ice cream. Might have I, to get some after. Whenever I do that DQ read before we bring someone in, we're like, all right, let's get let's get <laughs> through with this because uh, I got to make a trip uh, down to the freezer or maybe to my local DQ. Hey, first off, I mean, you... Uh, are doing amazing things as well. I have to say our friend Rod Peterson's on game plus network. And then I see lo and behold, there's our pal Chris doing it. Um, Fill people in on what you have going on before we dive into a number of topics coming out of a pretty wild week in sports. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. Back on Anthem media and sports entertainment, where it kind of all started for me a few years ago over at FTN and fantasy, but um, you know, a show that is absolutely free uh, and it's five days a week, Monday to Friday, and it's it's heavy football, but it's a lot of just different sports. And, and those who know me know I really love the NHL. So I don't forget about the people who love hockey, but NHL, baseball, football, PGA, basketball, it's all there on mean streets. And just fortunate, uh, again, to have the opportunity over at Game Plus Network to have this show for people. And if anybody, you know, wants to be involved in the show, they can always reach me on Twitter at Chris Meany, taking questions, season-long questions, fantasy stuff. It's a betting show as long as season-long fantasy, all kinds of good stuff uh, over at FTN as we gear up for the NFL season. And as you mentioned, yeah, just a, a, a wild week and a half in the NHL with the Seattle Kraken. And then you had the expansion draft, the NHL draft, and then free agency and a lot of trades, a lot of player movement over the past uh, few days as well. So I appreciate you plugging mean streets. It's been a fun ride. We're now into the end of four weeks here on game plus network, and we're going to continue to do it. And hopefully everybody out there has an opportunity to check it out. No, it's awesome. And it's uh, become part of uh, part of the routine. We got Rod going on, obviously our show. And then afterwards, get a chance to see what you're doing, heading into all the action for the evening um well let's talk hockey right off the bat we jokingly raised the off-season champions banner yesterday here in winnipeg after kevin shovel was able to acquire brendan Dillon and then follow it up with nate schmidt and it is interesting from a jets perspective in that 
I mean, everybody knows you've got an all-world goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. You've got elite, elite talent up front. And, you know, after Bufflin and Myers and Truba and Ben Sherratt left, I mean, it's been a it's been a real struggle to fill those holes on the blue line. And it ended up being, in some ways, a bit of an Achilles heel for this team last year. Um, when you look at some of the money that was paid out, I mean, for instance, former Jets, Tucker Pullman got $10 million, two and a half a year from Vancouver. Derek Forbort, who was very serviceable for the Jets and was a great $1 million spent, but we really saw the law of diminishing returns in the second half of the season of him. He's getting $3 million for three years from the Boston Bruins to get a contract like Dylan and what he brings to the Jet blue line and then add Nate Schmidt. You can imagine why Jet fans are pretty fired up right now. And uh, Kevin Sheveldayo is probably going to have a pretty good long weekend after getting the two most important things off his to-do list earlier this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great start to the offseason here. I love the Dylan pickup. He's a very underrated defenseman, a solid defensive defenseman, and he's going to bring a lot to that team. And, and you're dead on, and Jets fans know this, is just what Hellebuck has been able to do over the past couple of years. And when I dive into some of the statistics over at FTN, whether it's just like a betting standpoint every day or a daily fantasy or just straight up making picks and giving fantasy advice – you know, Connor Hellebuck is always one of those goalies that I want to play because he's going to face a lot of rubber and a lot of quality chances. And the Jets have been among the leaders in giving up scoring chances and high danger chances at five on five. I mean, their offense is one of the best in the league. I love their top six. And if they can get something more from Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I think that they'll be able to get something more from him moving forward. It's just about shaping up that blue line. And I think they did a good job. You mentioned all those big time blue liners that they lost over the past couple of years. It's sometimes that just kind of smacks you in the face and you need to just, it does take a little bit of time to adjust. So you get the cap friendly deal uh, with uh, Paul Stassing to bring him back for one more year and then him to call his own buddy, his former teammate in Nate Schmidt. They spent time together in Vegas to have Schmidt, Wave is no trade clause. I think that's a pretty good addition as well. I mean, he would, he did wonders for the Golden Knights. He was a part of the Washington Cup run a couple of years ago, and I thought that was kind of his coming out party in some of those playoff runs. And then he was strong for the Golden Knights, and then Vancouver was just a complete mess last year. So he didn't spend a lot of time there. I think that's a great just top four, right? To have them on the second pair or even the first pair, whatever it is. Uh, that's a great addition. So I like the direction here of Winnipeg. They got an elite goaltender and a team that can score some goals and also being able to keep Dylan DeMello. There was some rumblings, you know, some heat that, oh, why would you leave this guy exposed? A great asset for Seattle. A guy, you know, checks in at $3 million for the next couple of years too. So just being being able to keep him, I think was a win as well. Oh, dude. I mean, we talked for the last two months on this program about the very difficult decision they were going to have when it yes. came to protection. I mean, Josh Morrissey was going to be protected. Neil Pionk was going to be protected. And then you had Dylan DeMello, who, you know, is pretty much we know what he is and what he is, is a good player that makes his partner better and is reliable. And then you got this six, seven rookie in Logan Stanley that really impressed in a third line role last oh, year. Yeah. And you look at that and you just figure like he's getting picked for sure by an expansion team if he's available. And you know what? They made a calculated gamble and it paid off. I mean, you didn't want to lose Mason Appleton, but the value of Appleton at 900 grand, I think was going to be attractive to Seattle. And then you saw some of the other defensemen are available and they were able to skate. And, you know, we went into Wednesday thinking, my God, the Jets already need a couple defensemen. If you lose Dylan DeMello, where does that leave the team? And it's incredible. It's been a complete 180 since then. As far as the Canadian teams go, 
the expansion draft was not kind to the Alberta teams. Adam Larson ended up signing out of Edmonton. That was a big loss. And I think that sort of caught them off guard. It really did seem like, uh, you know, the narrative in Edmonton was most people expected Larson to be back. And of course, Flames captain Mark Giordano leaving after an incredible run. I mean, those are two big, big holes to fill. You know, they get Coleman in Calgary. You get Zach Hyman in Edmonton and some other interesting ads. But to me, when you look at the blue line of both the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers, that's where it's taken the biggest hit. And as we saw on that on free agency day, Chris, there wasn't a lot of quality out there. And even the, you know, average defenseman, you know, despite the flat cap, they were still getting paid. What do you make of the two Ed- the Alberta teams uh, coming out of this week and where they stand still with a lot to do before training camp? Yeah, a lot to do. I have some questions about the Flames. Uh, you know, they, they're they just not a team that that scores a lot of goals. Jacob Markstrom is a goalie that I respect, but losing your captain, Mark Giordano, even towards the end of his career, is a massive loss. It's a it's a leadership thing, and it's a guy on the blue line who logged a lot of minutes. And, you know, his, his offensive production has been on the cl- decline over the past couple of seasons, you know, since he won that Norris, but he still uh, just brings so much to the table. So to lose him is, I think, a significant piece. And for the Oilers, man, I just don't know. Like, they're just, I just don't know where Holland's head's at. There's a lot of questionable calls that he's made over the past couple of seasons. And, you know, to bring in Duncan Keith, is it, I, I heard people talk about, hey, it's, you know, it's the Canadians' mindset, Montreal, when they brought in some experienced players and what they were able to do. But Duncan Keith, just 38 years old, a couple years left on this deal at 5.5. He's just a guy from a metric standpoint who really didn't grade out all that well last year for Chicago. I know there's a team that gave up a lot of high danger chances and quality chances, but maybe part of that was because of Duncan Keith. So you bring in him, who's a little bit uh, near the end, uh, to say the least. Darnell Nurse is a guy that I really like, and they bring back Tyson Berry. Oscar Kleffbaum has not been able to stay healthy. I don't like the Cody CC signing at all. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his game, 27-year-old, 3.25 for the next four years. Not really sold on him. And a lot of people, I think, just hate on Adam Larson because it was a one-for-one deal with Taylor Hall. I thought he uh, was a pretty underrated defenseman for them. You know, he gets in the way, blocks a lot of shots, throws his body around. I think he's just a serviceable defenseman, so a decent get for the Kraken. But yeah, I I don't know where the Oilers are. You know, I like Zach Hyman as a player. Obviously, he can fit into the Oilers' top six. He did it in Toronto, he, you know, he's a guy that you want to have as a sandpaper type dude to play with your high skilled players. He can fit in. He, he did that very well with the Leafs on the top line with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. So where he fits in on the left side, is it alongside Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisettle? It's fine, but seven years is a lot to, to give Zach Hyman. I think in my opinion, even though it's 5.5, it's a, it's a lot of years. They were able to bring back Ryan Nugent Hopkins too. So these two teams do have some question marks. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with the Oilers, but again, what are they doing here in goal? Like I, they bring back Mike Smith again, who's 39 years old. Koskinen is not the answer. So there's a lot of question marks still with the Oilers and a lot of it is on their blue line and in that well and, and you know speaking of the goaltending um by all accounts after grubauer signed in seattle speaking of catching people off guard i don't think joe sackick and the avalanche were expecting that all of a sudden there's no goaltending out there and it really became somewhat of a bidding war and you got to give bill armstrong credit for what he's oh, yeah. done in, in arizona i mean he's turning uh chicken shit into chicken salad right now one <laughs> crazy bad contract being taken on at a time um but anyways did pemper now goes to colorado 
They pay a pretty significant price, a first yeah. round pick and a young defenseman for him. One year left on the contract, but more importantly for this year, pretty much all your eggs going into that basket, Chris. And while he can play at a high level, there's one thing we've known hard to rely on Darcy Kemper being healthy for a whole season. And I wonder if that goaltending position couldn't be the Achilles heel and unravel a team that is the favorite to win next year's Stanley Cup right now. Yeah, absolutely. A lot to give up for Darcy Kemper, who has played one season over 31 games. He's only done it once. He's had injuries over the multiple years now, unfortunately. I think 55 games, maybe the most he's played in the NHL in one season. His save percentage has been pretty solid for a mediocre Arizona team over the past couple of years. You just hope, if you're an Avs fan, that Pavel Francouz can bring you something as well. A couple of years ago, he was fine. And I think Joe Sackick, it's easy to say now that they lost Philip Grubauer. Easy to say, yeah, you know, we believe in Pavel Francouz to be a guy for us. And maybe we can do a 60-40 split or a 50-50 split like you're seeing some teams around the NHL do. More so this year, I think the days of, you know, a goalie having 60 plus saves are over unless you have a guy, of course, like Connor Hellebuck or Andre Vasilevsky, an elite goaltender. They're going to have to scale it back here with Darcy Kemper. So I like him overall as a goalie, but again, uh, just an expensive price to pay. But unfortunately for the abs in Sackick, they just weren't able to come to an agreement with Philip Grubauer. And I wonder why they weren't able to just get up to the six, because considering that they do have, um, you know, they're a cup winning team. Now soon, Nathan McKinnon is going to get a significant pay raise. They were able to bring back Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen just signed a couple days, a couple years ago. And then Kale McCarr. So they do have their core. The one thing I will say going for the abs is just, again, looking at five on five numbers and high danger chances and scoring scoring chances. It just didn't give up a whole lot. So no disrespect to Grubauer. He was a Vesna candidate. He got noms. He got votes. He was good, but he didn't face a lot of rubber. But with that being said, I didn't think they played in a great division last year. I thought it was top heavy, but the teams at the bottom of the division, I think, were very weak. So it's going to be playing other teams now, more travel. I think they'll have to scale back from Darcy Kemper. So that was an interesting move. A lot of goalies moved around a little bit, but Colorado's got some holes. They well, lost Giannis Donskoy in, in the expansion, and they weren't able to bring back Brandon Saad either. So it's it's a great team, great blue liners, but I don't know if they should be cup contenders. Well, and, and here's the favorites. thing. Yeah, well, and, and this is, I think, the goaltending position. You mentioned Francois, like, oh, maybe they can go 40-60. He didn't play a damn game last season. No, I mean, no, he, he was not. out the entire year, and I think there's still questions as to where he's at. So... He's probably not done. Listen, I want to talk Jays with you in the big move today. Just before we get off of the National Hockey League, uh, what stood out? Was there one team that you thought did particularly well or you were scratching your head going, what the hell is this team doing? Oh, Edmonton was one of those teams that I was scratching my head. What's going on here? What's the game plan for the Oilers? Uh, it's like they're just getting a little bit older with certain guys. But I, I, th- I think New Jersey, you know, getting Dougie Hamilton, I think, you know, he's I, I feel like he's slightly overrated just a little bit. I know he's an analytics darling and a lot of people want to give him love. But to, just to bring him in to the New Jersey team, I think it's shaping up their blue line a little bit. They also got Ryan Graves from Colorado and then Damon Severson and Ty Smith, who is a a decent rookie for them. PK Subban is on the last year of his deal. So it's going to free up some cash. And then they draft Luke Hughes, who's the brother of Jack Hughes. So I think New Jersey could potentially be on their way and it starts from the blue line out. So I like the addition there and the Boston Bruins, I think did an okay job as well. You mentioned Forbot, but Eric Halla, Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosek is just experience. Uh, 
you know, versatility and guys who can step up in a bottom six role and be okay for you. Plus, they were able to extend Taylor Hall. And then Linus Allmark is a goalie that I actually like. I think, you know, if you weren't able to watch him last year with the Buffalo Sabres and the Sabres play a brutal brand of hockey, but he was able to have a 917 save percentage on that very mediocre Sabres squad. So you're being very charitable. Him, you're being very charitable. Very, a little very bit. mediocre. Honestly, I was looking at those numbers, Chris. The last two seasons, a 9-15 and a 9-17 yeah. playing on that team. Exactly. Uh, like, honestly, I did not know that at all. I hadn't been paying attention. But those are some of the most impressive statistics of any player in the league last year, considering the tire fire that was in front of Linus Almerich every time he got in the net. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's a very capable goalie. There's a reason that they they give him you know a five year deal. So I'd like that as well. And just you know, kind of quickly. Philadelphia making a couple trades, like getting Ryan Ellis and Rasmus Ristolainen to try to shape up that blue line a little bit. I I, I know that wasn't free agency, but I think that that, w- that was a really good move. The losers would be Carolina, in my opinion, losing Dougie Hamilton, not being able to sign Jake uh, Bean. And then also, on Alex Andalkovich, I think, was a very capable goalie, a young goalie that they just didn't want to give 3-3.5 to. And now Antti Ranta and Frederick Anderson, I feel like, is just patchwork for those guys. And then Dallas, Braden Holpe had a brutal year last year, but he goes to a team that I think is more sound defensively and he's not going to be relied on as the starter and they bring in Ryan Suter who's a very capable defenseman still towards the end of his career doesn't have to log heavy minutes there with Miro Heiskanen and John Klingberg so those are a couple small winners there but I think Carolina may be the biggest loser of all Chris Meany is our guest you can give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Meany you can check out his work at FTN and of course is the host of Mean Streets on the Game Plus Network uh, the boys of summer are back in T.O. tonight. The Jays return home should be a pretty special night for the people that are lucky enough to get in there. And it's been a long time coming. But, man, you want to talk about making a splash before you come home. Uh, big deal yesterday for a closer and then a huge deal today, Chris. Uh, fill us in on uh, who's coming to Toronto and uh, why Jays fans are so fired up. Yeah, Jose Barrios is a pretty solid arm. He's been very reliable for the Twins. You know, for his career, he's got a 4.08 ERA. He's a guy that, for the most part, has kept the ball on the ground, which is significant when the Jays are back in their park and they're going to be making trips inside the AL East to those hitter-friendly ballparks. So he's a guy that has some command this year so far, 2.37 walks per nine. You don't want anybody, you know, above three, really, giving up those crooked numbers. A strikeout per inning, he's not a huge strikeout per inning guy, but he's very durable, right? He's got a 200 inning season on his resume 192 as well this year 121 so he's it's a nice get i i don't fully know the return i was doing another show before i got on did they part with austin martin which is a you know a significant piece of of their prospect pool but they're loaded on offense they just need some pitching they really do need some chucking so this is a, a top end in my opinion an ace a one or a two it's a good one-two punch there with hinjin ryu and you mentioned brad hand they just needed something in the bullpen he's an experienced guy coming over from washington he's been part of some decent playoff runs as well so he knows what it what it takes and and that, i think that's just it for the jays i mean you look at their success against lefties and righties they're among the top in every single offensive category and they're so young and they just going to continue to get better so I look at Barrios's numbers and I mean it's been sub four in every single year of his career except for his first season when it was just 58 innings and I don't you know he was just super young there he's 22 years old so this is a really good get for the Blue Jays and Toronto fans should be excited and that being said four and a half back of the wild card uh, it's moving time for this club Um, they're moving back home but it's time to move up the standings um and I think these deals this week, Chris, of course, it is the trade deadline. So uh, that's, 
you know, part of it as well. But there is a real sense of urgency to get this thing moving, take care of some of the problems, because if the bullpen was a bit better, the pitching was a little bit more reliable. Uh, there's no team that's going to out slug the Toronto Blue Jays right now. No, not at all. And I know it's Jays fans want, you know, the, you want to make the playoffs this year. You want to make that push. It's just the future too. And and these kids are only going to get better. Uh, you're starting to see George Springer now. He was dealing with some injuries. He was on the IL twice, but now he's starting to get into that groove, right? Leading off with the Jays, a terrific catch in center field. You can see what he can do with the bat and with his legs in the center field position. So the Jays, I mean, it, it may feel like now you, you want to get there now, but this is a team that's going to be in the running for, for years to come. But you also see the Yankees making some moves as well, you know, bringing in some power left-handed bats, which will, of course, help at Yankee Stadium. And then you see the Red Sox, who are so solid uh, this season as well, especially on offense. Most importantly, I think, on offense, they have some holes inside the rotation, but uh, on offense, they can bring it. So these teams that are right there, the Jays are saying, hey, listen, we're also right there too, and we want to uh, make a push here. You mentioned it is go time now, and they're going to have a lot of games inside this division uh, to take care of it but I look at this Jays team and geez man if they just had a capable bullpen we'd be talking about them being right there with Boston and probably holding down a wild card spot I don't know how many times and I know your listeners and your viewers know this but how many times this Jays team has unfortunately blown a lead late in the game late in the innings I mean checking right now it's like a bottom and bullpen over the past month or so so it's a good get to get hand and to get Burrios is is just something that they needed no, 100%. Chris Meany's with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. You know, I, it's natural. Most people kind of for fo- focusing on the Jays and the AL East. Meanwhile, over on the West Coast, the NL West is absolutely bananas. And we expected the Dodgers to be there. We saw what the Padres did in the offseason, expected them. I had no idea the San Francisco Giants were going to be as good as Nobody they are. And they're in first place right now. But holy smokes, Dodgers, they always seem to be loading up. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner coming over yesterday. A big part of this is, you know, of course, the very uh, unfortunate or ugly story involving Trevor Bauer. I think we can almost assume that Bauer will not be coming back this season, maybe ever to the Dodgers. But man, that's a pretty nice backup plan getting Max Scherzer. My goodness, man. It seems like every year it kind of bothers me as a guy who roots for the Angels. Don't put that against me. It always seems like the other L.A. team always gets the pieces. Yeah. And you're going to start a, you know, a series with Scherzer and Walker Bueller, who has faced the Giants five times this season. And I believe he's given up three earned runs like and that Giants team is among the leaders in every single offensive category. Very surprising. They're a team that hits lefties really well. Last time I checked, they're leading the league in homers, 64 and 38 and getting no respect from Vegas. Last week, they were 20 to one to win the World Series. A solid long shot bet. I like the chucking that they have. We'll see if they can add. But yeah, the Dodgers, I mean, you start just in a in a series and you got to go through Scherzer. You got to go through Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw. And then that offense just, yeah, we'll throw in Trey Turner, who led baseball in hits last season and his second this season in hits. So it's a star-studded lineup. You mentioned the Padres. Like the Padres are 60 and 45 and they're five and a half games back of the division from the Giants. It's crazy. It's going to be a dogfight. I think both divisions, like the West the NL West. And I would say, I would say the, I would say the AL East, like those two divisions are certainly 
um, the best in baseball, top heavy, uh, no question. But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers just seem to get uh, whatever they want. They've been to a lot of World Series lately, and I would imagine they probably go back. But I do want to give some love to San Francisco. I know Vegas is not going to give them any respect. They'll probably be underdogs in in the playoffs, in the postseason, even in their first round. They they may very well be. But what they have done over the past couple of years, too, especially, you know, you bring back Alex Wood, who's always been a guy who's got great control, and you love the pitcher's park, right? It's a pitcher's park. And you have Anthony Desclafani bringing him over from Cincy. Again, great control, a nice breakout season from him. And then Kevin Gaussman, who's really put it together over the past couple seasons. So it starts with pitching, certainly in the postseason. That's what it's all about. You want to have pitching. A lot of people, a lot of teams, the bats cool off, especially when the bright lights turn on in October. So it's all about pitching in bullpen. And again, it's kind of come full circle here with the Jays, and that's what they're trying to do. But this is uh, it's going to be a very tough division. We'll see what what's going to get done here over the next little bit. Cause I know the Padres were in on Scherzer as well. So that was a big miss for them. Let's see if they can add an arm to that rotation. Now, Chris, before NFL kickoff uh, happens in what five or six weeks, we've got CFL kickoff next Thursday. Bombers tie catch should be a full house here in Winnipeg. And we'll be focusing on that doing our DraftKings contest. But I would imagine that the NFL is still dominating a lot of the content that you're doing right now. Uh, is August pretty much fantasy draft month? I mean, every day on Mean Streets going through <laughs> running backs, receivers, and the latest news of which includes a potentially very concerning injury for Carson Wentz in Indy, which would really shape things up for the Colts. Yeah, it really would. Um, you know, they gave up a first round pick to Philadelphia to get Carson Wentz. And I know it's like if he needs to play a certain amount of games and a certain amount of snaps for that to actually become a first round pick, but they want him to play those snaps and, and, and it's, it's tough. I, I just heard the news before I got on. It looks like he's out indefinitely with a foot injury that he suffered in practice on Thursday, but you know, for the Colts, and Frank Reich, who's very familiar with Carson Wentz, those two were together in Philadelphia when they won a Super Bowl. And of course, it was Nick Foles who took over from Carson Wentz. But it was Frank Reich who was calling the plays. And a lot has happened in Philadelphia since they lost Frank Reich. Of course, they lost Doug Peterson, their head coach, and Wentz is gone. Frank was a big reason why they won the Super Bowl. And the Colts are, in my opinion, Super Bowl contenders. They have a legit defense. They have one of the game's best offensive lines and they got a really solid three down back in Jonathan Taylor and they play in a pretty weak division so you have to feel like playoffs would definitely be on the table I thought they did a great job last year playing in Buffalo and almost winning that game against the Bills they kind of gave it away and an upgrade I think Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz but if it's not Carson Wentz starting you have a lot of holes because Jacob Eason is not the answer in Indy so we'll see what happens there but to your first initial question it is a lot of football here it is draft season as the Calendar turns to August. Fantasy football drafts do heat up. Had a free article and a free video over at fcmfantasy.com just yesterday looking at some of the risers and the fallers in fantasy football drafts over the past couple weeks. Because as you know this, sometimes it's smoke, other times it's fire, most times it's smoke, but training camps when they open up, we didn't have this taste last year. Beat reporters being with the team and seeing all these highlight reel plays that happen. Uh, sometimes just you know, when a play happens in practice, whether it's Jalen Hurts hitting Devontae Smith on a 40-yard touchdown pass, people start to talk, especially in the world that we're living in in social media, and guys rise up draft boards, and it does create some value for other players 
who just seem to fall down draft boards. So it is a lot of fantasy football talk, NFL talk as we creep closer here to week one, but it's really all things uh, over on Mean Streets. But yeah, I'm excited for the NFL season. There's no question. Chris, I try to avoid COVID talk as much as possible, but are we going to be getting our regular injury reports and weekly vax reports in the National Football <laughs> League this year? Yeah, dude, we may. Uh, we may, especially with the NFL hammering home that that new uh, you know rule where if an unvaccinated player you know gets COVID, the game just straight up postponed. Like not even postponed, like forfeit. You, you forfeit, you lose and your no paycheck. And no one gets paid. And no, that's the biggest thing. Like, sure, you lose the game and you take the L on a on a playoff run, but nobody gets paid. Players on your team who have taken the shot, who need the paycheck, and not to mention on the other team, the opposing team. Yeah, they're going to get the W, but they're not going to get paid for playing the game either. So I, I, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know how you can enforce players getting the shot but it does seem like most players in the league are are stepping up and they don't want to be like a liability they don't want to have that sort of deal inside the the locker locker room but you're also seeing kind of players fight with each other on social media and twitter like in buffalo there's been a bit of a divide and i wonder you know i not that i even want to be a fly in the locker room to hear that here, both sides go at it, but you got to imagine it's going to happen with certain teams. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the biggest faces in the NFL, posted a tweet that said for the first time in his NFL career, he's questioning if he wants to be an NFL player. Now, with $20 million on the line for the season, he probably plays. And he deleted that tweet since. But that just goes to show that it's on the mindset of some of these players, and they don't want to be the reason that they all of a sudden have to take a loss and their buddies inside the locker room are not going to get paid. Yeah. Well, I mean that the ramifications of a cancellation would be fascinating. It would suck for a lot of those players, but I do wonder if, you know, president of the uh, Buffalo Mensa club and Rhodes scholar, Cole Beasley, like what, where's his draft stock right now? It is falling. No kidding. Completely falling for a guy who finished as wide receiver 27 in a full point PPR league coming off a career season. Cole Beasley, a career season in terms of targets, catches yards. This guy was a big player for the Buffalo bills. Josh Allen is going as quarterback two in fantasy football his number one wide receiver in Stefan Diggs is going as wide receiver two or three in fantasy football. Cole Beasley, I still think, is going to be a big part of this offense. He has a role inside the slot. Of course, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis probably takes that next step forward. But I don't know. I feel like it's probably the noise outside of his play on the football field, his Twitter game, the vaccine game, the questions. Is this guy going to have the shot? If he doesn't have the shot, are people in fantasy thinking, well, if I draft him and he gets COVID and he's gone for a couple weeks, or is he going to get cut? Are the bills going to trade him? There's a lot of uncertainty. So I think that's why he has actually been the biggest faller in fantasy football drafts over the past month. And I would imagine it's because of part of his Twitter game uh, and what things that he is tweeting in his mindset right now. And I'm not going to say he's in the right or he's in the wrong. I'm just, it's, it's, it's a fantasy football standpoint for me, Uh, but he's starting to become a bit of a value in fantasy, but dude, he's getting drafted as like wide receiver 70. And one of my friends who was a bills fans, the other bills fan the other day, he messaged me. He's like, I get what's going on with Cole Beasley, but he was a top 30 wide receiver last year. And at times had top 10 weeks and he's now just not even really getting drafted. So we'll see how that plays out. Meany, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do this again as we get Absolutely. closer to the season. Now just fill our uh, listeners in on uh, where they can find all the content you're cranking out on the rig. 
Yeah, man. Love uh, love doing with this with you. It was a lot of fun. Got to get you on Mean Streets. At Chris Meany on Twitter. Content over at FTNDaily.com, FTNFantasy.com, and FTNBets. We got betting, you know, a, a lot of sharp minds over at FTN. From a daily standpoint, baseball, we got some futures up there attacking some props in the NFL. And, yeah, all the content can be found over there at FTNFantasy.com. We got a lot of free content. Some stuff behind the, the paywall. Promo code Meany gets you a little bit of a discount. But we got the free show over uh, at Game Plus Network, and you can catch it, of course, at our FTN YouTube page as well. Mean Streets every day, Monday to Friday at 2 Eastern. And again, the replay at 5 Eastern. Thanks a lot, man. This was a blast. No, listen, dude, I, I really appreciate it. Would love to come on with you sometime. In fact, yes. then we can talk about my Chiefs going 20-0 and 0 and getting a Ooh. number on that. That I'm, wa- I'm waiting for a number to be posted on that. Mahomes has proclaimed that I'd like to do that. And he does what he likes. I don't know. 20-0 might be enough, but they definitely, there's a lot of unfinished business for a, uh, for the team from Arrowhead Stadium. You have a great long weekend, man, and uh, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, it must be nice to be a Chiefs fan. Enjoy this season, dude, hey, and took, enjoy the long a, weekend. It took a while to get there. Trust <laughs> me on that. No doubt. Thanks so much. There's Chris Meany, folks. If you're not following him already, give him a follow at Chris Meany and uh, check out the show and everything they've got going over at the FTN sites. All right, we're going to get to uh, Hammer Time. Jeff Hamilton from the Free Press coming up. Before we do that, big thanks to our friends at Not Auto Corp for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk since day one. Thinking about a new vehicle or an upgrade? Well, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not Team? Pop down and see them and everything on the lot, including a great selection of Tesla vehicles over at Waverly and McGilvery. You can find out more about what's available online at not.ca. If you already have a vehicle, they'll help you get maximum um, value for it through their very successful consignment program. Red Seal technicians will service your car and they'll detail it for you as well. Not Auto Corp has got it all for you. Not.ca and at Waverly and McGilvery. And uh, hey, the weekend is here, folks. And TikTok, uh, you still have a couple hours to get your order in littlebrownjug.ca for home delivery and celebrating our 100th episode this week. Up until July 31st, if you use the promo code WST100, you can get that summer variety pack, a case of 1919, maybe even some merch delivered for free using the promo code WST100. Uh, do know, check out their social, um, the, the Instagram and Twitter. We've got some live music happening on the patio at Tap House this weekend, and a great place to go and sit on the patio with friends and enjoy some of those delicious beers that they're cranking out over at Little Brown Jug. And a big thanks to Breezy Ben. We've got Xander Shoffley in the lead over at Olympic, uh, the Olympic Golf. A little bit of a delay last night. My guy Hideki Matsuyama, the hometown hero of Japan, making a push. He's three shots back right now. We'll see what happens as they uh, resume play and get on to round three a little bit later on today. And don't forget... Stick around. End of the show. We've got a great prize for Little Brown Jug and Breezy Ben together. We'll do a marble race for everyone that entered on the Instagram page at the end of the program. All right, let's uh, welcome in our good friend, Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. We've got a lot to talk about. A bomber season coming up and a crazy week for the Winnipeg Jets. Hammer, how are you? Not bad, Huss. Great to be on, man. It's been a bit. Yeah, it has been, and it's great to have you back. And man, we've got a lot to talk about. We will get to the Bombers CFL. That's really going to be our focus next week. And of course, we've got cuts down coming up, but I've got to start off with the Jets. Um, Brendan Dillon, Nate mm-hmm. Schmidt, 
I mean, completely changed the uh, conversation and the narrative around the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Kevin Sheveldale probably should have a pretty nice weekend, although still lots to do. But uh, what do you make of the the fact they didn't lose Dylan DeMello in the expansion draft and then a week later have two legit top four defensemen added to the mix without anybody else traded from the roster to get them? Well, if you isolate like the defense being the absolute number one priority for this team, hanging into the off season and it, you know, people wanting it to be addressed ahead of last year, not seeing that obviously, you know, some success in the playoffs, but then when they were swept by the Canadians, they went right back to that talking point of the defense and how, you know, it was, the, it's the weak point, all those things. And I mean, I like it. Obviously, I like it. I mean, how do you not like those two pickups? They're not, you know, the Dougie Hamiltons. They're not, you know, the higher, higher end guys, but they are smart defensively. Um, You know, Nate Schmidt's kind of more of your offensive upside. I know he took a bit of a dip in his numbers defensively. And, you know, watching him last year, you could kind of see it was an offseason for him. We'll see if he can rebound. But two guys that bring, you know, that are big, uh, physical, and, and really put, Um, their mark on this defense that was, you know, for two seasons there, really like not just a work in progress, but almost like an open competition. So um, at this point, very log jammed on both sides. So as far as the defense goes, I mean, that's exactly what you wanted to happen. As you mentioned, there's more work to be done. Obviously, Andrew Kopp and Neil Pionk both need need deals for next season. Um, You know, I'm assuming those will get done, particularly Neil Pionk for sure to, to add to that defense. But, you know, there's like I, I can certainly I can certainly say this. There will not be a narrative of the Winnipeg Jets having, you know, a lackluster defensive group um, hanging into training camp this year. You know, no doubt about it. And, you know, now our conversations about defense is more just about training camp. And, you know, how will the, the young guys, will they be with the moose? Will they be a seventh mm-hmm. defenseman who goes in if somebody gets hurt and all that? What's interesting is we're going to see a very different look up front, kind of more so in that bottom six. To me, the key person, though, is Andrew Kopp. Interested yeah. in your perspective on, I mean, they added almost $10 million in salary. They had to do it, but, I mean, no one came off the books in those deals, which all of a sudden made signing everyone a little bit more of a challenge. Uh, what's your read on the Kopp situation? And uh, what if you had to put a, a percentage number on the likelihood of him being a Jet in game number one, where are you out on that, Jeff? So just to kind of touch on what you kind of mentioned earlier, that's the caveat to these pickups, right? They carry a big price tag. They're locked in for years. Obviously, you know, Nate Schmidt's just shy of $6 million for four more seasons. Dylan, obviously a bit less, 3.9 for for three. So that does create a little bit of complication in some of those other parts, including these these RFA deals. Again, I, I don't think it'll be a problem with Neil Pionk. I think they... You know, it's not that I think they value Neil Pionk more than they value Andrew Kopp. It's just when you're trying to put that defensive group together and, you know, whatever, I think he's going to be a bit more of an understandable um, price tag. Whereas with Andrew Kopp, I think you're looking a lot of people like you, you throw out the words like five million dollars and people look at it like, are you kidding me? And then, you know, but you can't go less than four. And I think that's where this thing starts and ends. The Winnipeg Jets can't play hardball with Andrew Kopp this negotiation they already did that they already went through that and i think it's a bit of a it's it's a much different situation this time around than last time around because last time around i think it was that year he got healthy scratched at the end of the season went into those negotiations so you know he wasn't getting the same opportunities so although he was kind of progressing he wasn't exactly 
being viewed as like the future per se. And, and they had a number of other guys they needed to throw money at. So he kind of got the short end of the stick there. This time around, he's one of the few guys that's used as penalty killers, as, as, as a power play option, and of course, up and down the lineup. We all know he has that position on that third, you know, if you will, checking line. He was able to play up with guys like Mark Shifley in the top six. They obviously have a friendship, you know, chemistry on the ice. And, and he's known as being, if not the most defensively responsible player on the team, certainly the most defensively responsible forward on the team. So I think what this is all comes down to is that the Jets make him feel like he's valued. Now, on the Andrew Kopp side, I don't think you can just go into these negotiations like anyone's going to sign me. If you've seen the free agency period here, you know, money's been doled out. There's not a lot of teams who have a lot of room for money. And if they do have room for money, they're probably going after a bigger fish than, you know, Andrew Kopp. No disrespect to him. Um, however, I, so with that in mind, I think he needs to come at this, like, okay, I have a really good opportunity in Winnipeg. He's definitely respected in Winnipeg. What can I get from this team or what, what is, what is the dollar value that I believe is reasonable and understandable? Because when you look at, you know, his buddy, Adam, Adam Lowry, who takes a number that starts with the three and you think that you're kind of valued at four, I think if you can even get $4 million, you kind of find yourself in that group of players where, you know, maybe internally you feel satisfied that you're making, you know, a bit more than Lowry, but a bit less than, you know, obviously not just a bit, a couple million less than Mark Shifley and stuff. So maybe you feel a bit better there. That's all a roundabout way of saying, I really think the success of these conversations are going to depend on the Jets initial offer. And if the Jets don't start at four, I don't know where these conversations are going to go. So I do think they start, you know, there and they don't go much higher, I don't think. But I think that they can hover around that $4 million deal. I think it's going to be a, a, a fair deal for both sides. And you might see Andrew Kopp in a, in a Jets jersey for, for some time here in the future. How likely do you think that something doesn't get done and that he's potentially traded? The, so for me, I think if I had to put a number in my head, I'd say 65% that he, that he signs. So that's a 35% chance that he doesn't. And that 30, and you know, these are just percentages that I'm yeah, we're just throwing calculating up, but I think you're in right. my head, but I think it's the, more likely than not that he does this, sign, yeah, but it's certainly not a done deal. It's not hundred percent sure. Absolutely. Thing. Because players, you know, Andrew cops, an American. So he's not, you know, like I'm not, I'm not saying Canadians are against going to play in the States. Clearly they're not, but Americans often like to go back to the States, particularly around that age where they're starting families and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then money. So, you know, those two things to me, like, because of what, what happened, you know, a couple of years ago in those negotiations, you know, is there, is there any still hurt feelings, any of those feelings come up if you feel like you're being, you know, not appreciated, yada, yada. But ultimately I feel like that, I feel like both sides should have learned from that process. And then in the, and then the ensuing two years to where we got to now, you now have a player who does mean more to your organization than he did, you know, before and is valued around that $4 million price tag. So I, I, I seem to think that, you know what, 65 might seem low to some people. I think we're in favor here. Of, of him signing with the Jets. Yeah. Um, the other big news from yesterday is uh, picture day is just never going to be the same again around the Winnipeg Jets. Now that Matthew Perot has moved on to uh, the Montreal Canadiens, a great seven years here, uh, you know, a fan favorite, a guy that did so much uh, here in Winnipeg for this hockey club in many different roles. It mm-hmm. did seem like that role though was, you know, something and he sort of knew what it was going to be here in Winnipeg and still aspires to have more. Not to mention, I'm sure, a lifelong dream to wear the red, white, and blue of the Montreal Canadiens. 
this really didn't seem like this was a money decision as much as a fit, a family decision. And uh, that being said, though, you know, if you could have got Perot back in and around that number, I think that would have been a huge win for the Winnipeg Jets. That's another hole for Kevin Sheveldayoff to fill um, when they're doing some bargain shopping over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at that at that price point, Huss, I mean, when you look at what he, the fact he was making just over $4 million last season, it's a little less appetizing, right? For Even though Matthew Pro had a great season um, last year. And I mean, the other thing too, and I'll just kind of reiterate what you're saying. Yeah, absolute fan favorite, a guy who who played that style of hockey that Winnipeggers could get behind. I know my mom is, is beside herself that, that, that uh, Matthew Pro is no longer with the organization and, and a lot of other people who just seem to have a real good connection with him. And that included media because Matthew Pro was one of the guys that would come out and say what he, what he meant. You know, he didn't hide behind things. I mean, I think one of the examples would have been when Trubo was asking for, you know, more money or a trade or something, he was the guy that talked about it. You know, he's just not afraid to speak his mind. And that's just a refreshing person in the dressing room from a playing perspective, clearly a valuable guy, a guy who could play up and down the lineup would, would, you know, play hard on players and whatever. I think what we need to understand here is that I don't think the Winnipeg Jets were like, you know, where he was like, I want to come back to Winnipeg. I'll do anything to come back to Winnipeg. You know, they offer him $950,000 and he goes, okay, yeah, absolutely. I think this is, um, there's a couple things to consider in that one. Do you want to offer a player 25% less than 25% of his previous contract? I think that's a tough ask to ask a player. I also think it's a very tough ask to accept a contract that is 75% less from the employer that you just had there. You know what I mean? Cause you want them to feel you know, like they appreciate you. And so I think it's much easier. Very rarely do you see that drop in salary, you know, happen with the same team. So I think in this case, you know, Montreal, obviously we know, you know, he's from Quebec. He, he had talked about wanting to play there, you know, later in his career, all these things. And, it, you know, Bell Center, a lot of players want to play in Montreal, right? But when you have even a closer connection and maybe you just want to be a little bit of a different, you know, he's been here for seven years. Maybe he just needs a change, change of scenery. Maybe his, like his options here too as well, like as, as, as well as he played last year, I don't know how much opportunity he has with Winnipeg, you know? And, and, and that's not because he doesn't warrant it, but that Winnipeg seemed to kind of put other players ahead of him. And, you know, he, he, there were games where he was barely playing and you could kind of see some of the frustration on him because he was having a good year. So um, all, all of that is really just to say, like, I don't think he was like, screw Winnipeg. Obviously he really likes Winnipeg. He had a great time here. Um, and I just don't think it was like 950 here, 950 here. I'm going to go to Montreal. I, I would bet, I would bet that that offer wasn't necessarily even extended to him just given how much lower it is from his previous contract yeah i mean he said today he knew it was going to be you know if he was going to stay here it was going to be a big cut i mean i think you just sort of see the landscape of what's happening and you realize that you know unfortunately guys in the middle to lower class are getting squeezed big time by the flat cap now some of the guys got some nice money on day number one uh but listen when when Perry went to Tampa. It seemed like it opened up a spot for Matthew Perot. And hey, it'll be a great opportunity. Don't and the other missed. thing too, Huss, the other thing too is Jets paid him, man. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, like the Jets made him a rich NHL player. They signed him to a three-year, $9 million deal, and then they signed him to a four-year over 16. So the money he's made in the NHL, the respect, if you will, he's gotten has come from the Jets. So maybe there is an element there where it's like maybe you kind of whatever, but I really do think it's opportunity and clearly closer to home and experience. Yeah. Uh, one more Jets question before we get to the Bombers. Um, we all heard Nate Schmidt's interview when he came here and 
you know, that guy has an infectious personality that sort of takes over a room. He just sort of exudes fun. Now, they're getting him to be a minute muncher on the blue line and play in the top four and do all those things. I do honestly think that his contribution to the Winnipeg Jets off the ice and in the dressing room will be as valuable as what he does on the ice. And it's part of the makeup of the club, especially when you're you're losing a guy like Perot, Jeff. I mean, this isn't a knock on Blake Wheeler, but I mean, we know the sort of guy that he is. He's a hard driver. And listen, Wheeler is not the guy that really exudes fun very much. And, you know, over the course of 82 games, it can be a grind. And I I think that, and honestly, you heard Shevel Dayoff sort of refer to it vaguely when of what Nate Schmidt brings to the team. But just your thoughts on what a guy like that is not a rookie. He's a 30-year-old experienced veteran in the National Hockey League that has the respect. He's getting paid like a top player to come in and be that really for the first time since Dustin Bufflin in a different way. How important do you think that is for this team going into next season? I'm going to, yeah, I think that's the perfect mention. I was waiting for you because I was going to take it. Um, Dustin Bufflin, he, he kind of is the new Dustin Bufflin. Like, you know, like he's in the sense that Maybe, you know, I, I'm sure some people or a lot of people know about it, how much fun Dustin Bufflin used to have. Like he wasn't a media darling. He didn't like talking to the media. I don't think he was very comfortable talking to the media, but he was very, very, very comfortable with his teammates. And no one liked to have more fun than Dustin Bufflin. So that in like, not only did you lose a great defenseman, you know, a leader on the ice, a guy who had a dominating presence, but you lost some of that fun you know goofing around not taking himself overly serious not taking the nhl overly serious in the locker room and that's exactly what you're going to get from nate schmidt now i'm not saying nate schmidt's going to be grabbing two guys at once and and creating t-shirt uh fodder for you but i will say he will be bringing in that energy that enjoyment of coming to the rink and i think it will have a tangible effect on the rest of the team for a Jets organization who is pretty buttoned up, who takes a, a bit of a business-like approach under guys like Blake Wheeler. So as much as you want to have that influence in your room, you know, that kind of, okay, guys, this is a business. This is like, you know, it starts every single day. The champions get this, yada, yada. you got to be enjoying yourself. And a guy like Nate Schmidt, I mean, he already had this reputation. So it was no surprise. But when we got a chance to talk to him as a local media, it just reinforced this guy's energy. This guy's, you know, like he just likes having fun. So not only have we seen him play well on the ice, again, there's some knocks against him from how he played with Vancouver last year, but he's a, he's a good player and he's a guy that's going to bring a good atmosphere in and he's going to compliment. I mean, that's a great piece. Paul Stastny was a great piece exactly for that. Cause Paul Stastny isn't the guy who's, who's going to be pulling the one liners or the jokes or coming in and whatever. Um, like you'll probably get from, from the other guy from Schmidt, but like, but, but from Stastny's perspective, he's another voice for those younger guys. You know, he's a guy that, that the younger guys can go to, because I don't know, I'm not saying guys can't go to Blake Wheeler, but Blake Wheeler wears his heart on his sleeve and it's probably a bit more challenging than those two guys. So Stastny is like the quiet uh, conscience of well, the and, 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 and he's the guy, absolutely. And he's the guy that doesn't always talk about hockey. He's got other interests. He's, he's, he's versatile when it comes to, to conversation. He, he enjoys the part of his role of talking to younger guys, making sure that guys aren't on Twitter all the time and, and taking all the negative feedback that if you're going to, if you're going to ride high with all the positive stuff, that's being you know said about you when you're playing well, you have to understand that part of that is the negative stuff when you're not playing well. So he brings a very, very important perspective to that locker room. And it, and it, and trust me, because a lot of those guys, I mean, you think, yes, this is the NHL. It's all relative there. It can be a lonely, lonely 
place sometimes a dressing room. And when you have a guy like Paul Statsny, who's not only, you know, versatile in his thinking, but is, but is, you know, is experienced and has that pedigree to back it all up. It's just a great signing and, and a great person to have, you know, in your room, not to mention, you know, a, a quality player on the ice. Jeff Hamilton's with us. Uh, if you're not already following him, what are you waiting for? At Jeff K. Hamilton covering the Jets, the Bombers, and so much more in the Winnipeg Free Press. Let's shift over to the Bombers for a minute. Um, training camp finishing up, roster cut down today. First question I have to ask is, what's up with Andrew Harris? So, I mean, obviously banged up. I mean, you don't, you know, you're not, you don't take 20 months off and then told by your head coach that you're, you get the training camp off. Like if anyone needed a training camp, it was probably Andrew Harris. I mean, he admitted to, he admitted to not really focusing all about football and, and nor should he, right? I mean, he's later in his career and that's an interesting thing. Cause it's not just Andrew Harris. It's all those veterans, right. Who have carved out long careers and have seen kind of the CFL do this dance the last 20 months, not really being, you no, know, not really letting you in on what was going on or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, like then all the, the season starts and you got to ramp it up. I mean, Andrew said he was focused on other things outside of football. You know, he's got a very active life. He's got business stuff going on. You know, he's he's been planning life after football for some time. And the dedication required to start up for a season, um, let alone a season that may not happen, is very, very challenging. So that's all, again, all around about way of saying he needed this camp. And so he got banged up early. Um, it's a lower body injury. Um, he hasn't practiced since. So I, I know he's been working on cardio. So cardio would kind of be that thing where you're like, okay, like if he's not running around to practice, what he's doing, what is he doing? And he is doing that cardio stuff, you know, behind closed doors. He's, he's, he's working every way he can to be ready for week one. The question becomes, how can he be ready for week one when we haven't seen him in weeks? So if you're, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was back next week and somehow played. I mean, at, you know, I think you're, you're at your own peril. If you, if you, you rule out Andrew Harris or, or bet against him. However, you know, this is a bit more than just, you know, like being banged up and getting back. He needs to take hits. He needs, you know, and then there's the risk of, if this is a serious injury, what are we, what are you risking as the Winnipeg blue bombers to bring him back in week one, and get hit after not practicing for, for two weeks. So I, you know, and if you're asking me, like, if I think he's going to play, I don't know. Again, I, I wouldn't necessarily rule him out, but at this point in time, just everything we've observed and know, it's hard to think that he's going to be ready next week on a short week. Jeff, when we kick off on Thursday, it's going to be a special night and it'll be much more than a football game. This will be the community getting together in a big group, really for the first time since the pandemic kind of changed all of our lives. Um, but as far as a foot from a football perspective, Bombers won the great cup by being dominant on the line of scrimmage. They had the ninth passing attack in the Canadian football league, which is normally not the way you win championships in three down football. Strevler's gone. Caleros is now the guy. How different is this offense going to look this year? And how much more do you think it'll be focused on the passing game as opposed to controlling the football, moving the chains as they did before with the priority of primarily a focus on the ground game? Yeah, I mean, that's a it's a great question. You know, might even be the number one question as far as, you know, what, what happens next week with Andrew Harris. As we know, a lot of this goes through Andrew Harris. This offense goes through Andrew Harris. And he's a big piece, not just in running the ball and catching it out of the backfield. He's a big he's great at blocking. He's just and he and he's a he's a, you know, a decoy at, at any time a team. Um, 
you know, sees 33 on, on, on the field, they need to know where he is. So uh, that, that's why, you know, it's going to be a, uh, you know, I think that's going to determine a lot. I mean, nothing against Johnny Augustine or Brady, Brady Oliviera, but they're not Andrew Harris, at least not yet, you know? And so that, you know, that's a, you know, to answer your question, I think it needs to, I think we need to figure out if Andrew Harris is playing. Um, but if you're comparing it to the offense under Paul Police and, and particularly Matt Nichols under center, yeah, I mean, this team is going to be throwing the ball a lot more. I mean, there's not only Kenny Lawler has looked great at camp, you know, there's no guarantee that that's going to, you know, transfer into, you know, domination in the regular season, but he, I don't think he's not caught a ball. Like he's just been, he's just, he looks ready. He looks excited. He looks good. And he was leading this team with only 500 or 600, whatever it was yards, very low. Um, so he's good. He's better. Rashid, Rashid Bailey has looked good and he's another year more mature. You have guys like Darvin Adams who had an off season 2019. He had a lot of chemistry with Zach Kalaros in that playoff run. So, you know, they're going to connect, you know, they're Drew Wolitarski has looked good, Nick Dembski. So I think you're going to see this year, whether Andrew Harris is fully healthy, ready to go or not. I think you're going to see an effort to distribute the ball a heck of a lot more. Now the other to, to people other than number 33, right. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. The other thing to consider in all that is Zach Kloros is a different kind of quarterback than Matt Nichols. He's a lot Sierra, I think I would say Matt was very and Matt and it worked, obviously. I mean, even last season, Matt was seven and two before he got injured. I think he had the highest quarterback rating. That quarterback rating went into the fact that he never threw interceptions. And the reason why he never really threw interceptions is because he never really threw balls into tight windows or he never launched them down. I mean, it's the lasting image in my head with Matt with Matt Nichols, if he isn't tossing it to Andrew Harris, he's tossing it into the second grandstands at IG Field, you know, when he's kind of getting pressured to the sideline and doesn't see anything. Zach Caleros is a different quarterback. He'll try to throw it into a window where a player has, you know, a small window to catch it. So, like, you know, I'm expecting not just um, the, you know, with Andrew Harris likely to play a less role in this offense, but also just the skill set of Zach that we're going to see not necessarily a massive aerosol, but we're definitely going to see more activity through the air, not not just with, you know, 33, but the other weapons that they've added and uh, and have on the team. Hammer, I am so fired up to get this season going and to get back to IG Field and have more conversations on the Bombers and the CFL with you. Um, what do you have cooking in the free press over the next few days before uh, we kick off the season with a pretty special night at IG Field on Thursday? Today, I'm working on a, um, I'm working on a kind of some of those storylines, some information out of camp. Like we, now we have the roster finalized. What are the big storylines over the weekend heading into preparation day one on Sunday? So that'll be in online this afternoon and uh, in tomorrow's paper, just giving people a better idea of what we know. Some guys who have stood out might be fighting for some of those spots in the secondary. Darvin Adams is a question mark for week one at this point. We haven't seen him practice for a bit. So who are some of those receivers who have worked with the first team offense and shine? So just trying to give those people who maybe didn't, you know, or even those who did pay attention during training camp, just a better idea of what are the big questions and concerns going into week one. Another one being the kicking situation. So, you know, that's what I'm focusing on today. And uh, I got actually Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So kind of, uh, kind of lazing it up for next week. So well, listen, enjoy those days because it's going to get busy, busy for you and everyone following the Canadian football league hammer. Have a great long weekend. Thanks so much for doing this. And I'll look forward to doing this again with you real soon and uh, seeing you next week. 
Yeah, Oz, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. And uh, shout out to the comment section. Always, uh, <laughs> always a favorite of mine. Again, don't get to watch it, but I always appreciate the burn. So um, we'll talk soon. You're a big fan favorite in the comment section. Oh, Half no. Jamilton showed up today. Yeah, uh, people boy, are talking right. about what you're uh, what you're watching on Netflix and whatnot. That, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole separate go. podcast going forward. Yeah, Hammer, thanks for doing this, man. Always a pleasure. Take care, Huss. Great stuff. There's Jeff Hamilton. All right, we still do have to get to uh, a couple of notes, Bomber-related, NHL offseason. We do have the marble race at the end of the program with the Little Brown Jug and Breezy Ben contest. Before we do that, I mentioned if you're just popping in, uh, big, big news for the Blue Jays. Uh, they get Jose Barrios from the Twins, and tonight is the homecoming game. And if you missed this earlier... The Blue Jays and Boston Pizza are hosting free viewing parties across the country. And the one in Winnipeg is here tonight at the Boston Pizza City Place. Now, it's limited capacity because of what they're allowed in the bar. Uh, but for people that are there, starts at 6 o'clock. You all, of course, have to be of legal drinking age. Each guest is going to receive two complimentary beverages, free BP wings, nachos, cactus cuts, and, of course, their favorite BP gourmet pizza. Every attendee will receive prizes along with draws for grand prizes, including Jays, jerseys, hoodies, and more. And seating is limited. I talked to our good friend Crystal over at BP uh, just before the show. They had about 20 spots left. So if any of the WST gang wants to uh, head downtown to BP City Place tonight, you should definitely do that. But make sure you've reserved a spot by calling 204-925-4109. Ask for Crystal. They'll set you up at the table as long as there is room. And uh, I'm going to head down there once I'm done over on 960. Watch the game. Have a few. Should be a great time. So tonight, still a few spots left. Boston Pizza City Place. But you got to call to reserve your table. You can do it now. 925-4109. It'd be a great night with a lot of great free stuff. And uh, hopefully a great game with the Blue Jays coming back home. Of course, We also want to thank our friends at Assiniboia Downs. Fans are back in the building and just in time for the biggest race of the year, which is, of course, Monday's Manitoba Derby. And to talk about it and get ready for the big day, we welcome in the CEO of Assiniboia Downs and our very good friend, the one and only Darren Dunn. Double D, welcome back to the program. It's great to talk to you and, uh, First, before we even get to the Derby, how was this week for you, finally, after all these months, welcoming back fans to the racetrack? Uh, Hustler, a big deal. Uh, We're built to be a spectator sport, as you know. Uh, Walking around here as the, I felt like the gatekeeper of a library for the better part of 15 months, uh, you know, it it was good for the spirits of even our team, uh, you know, with the skeleton staff uh, making things work here. Uh, due to the limitations that were in place, but to have to see fans out on picnic tables, on benches, banging a program on their leg with a cold beer in their hand, I mean, that's that's a summer in Manitoba, and that's what I like to see out here at Assiniboia Downs. And honestly, the, the mood was incredible. Uh, generally speaking, everybody was just so pleased to come back. And uh, so a good turnout uh, early, and as you uh, set it up, perfect timing uh, to be able to uh, bring folks out for the Derby. Yeah, no, just before we get to the Derby, give us a quick rundown. VLTs are open from 9 a.m. to 12.15. The Terrace Dining Room was operating as well. Reservations for that. But if you want to just bring the family, slap a program, throw a tuning on a horse like you normally would do, downstairs, main area, and outside, just have to be double-vaxxed. I mean, just fill us in on uh, what people need to know to go and attend at ASD. 
Yeah, that's exactly right, Hustler. They, uh, uh, the, what we were able to get agreement out of the uh, provincial government and health authorities uh, was to have a contained area. So our main level, which is our main floor, and then our outdoor tarmac area where the picnic tables and the benches are, uh, you do have to be fully immunized. So as you mentioned, the double vax plus 14 days, uh, we will uh, require proof of that. So again, uh, the paper, the card, or obviously the QR code on your phone. So you'll get a wristband, and then you'll be able to go anywhere you want to go after that once you've sort of passed uh, muster at the check-in point there. You don't have to be fully vaxxed to go to the second level where the VLT lounges, et cetera, but we will do contact tracing, et cetera. And uh, you will have to wear a mask when you're uh, walking around. If you're sitting at the table having a bite, of course, uh, like anywhere you can take your mask, off but so there are some areas that require some mask restrictions and certainly uh bringing your photo id is going to be crucial we've got all that now we know how to do it uh <laughs> monday monday is the day 7 30 p.m manitoba liquor and lotties oh. presents the annual manitoba derby just in time for fans to come back i mean it almost couldn't well it could have worked out better we could have had fans going all season long <laughs> that being said though darren um this is going to be uh a real, real fun night. Uh, fill us in on uh, all the exciting preparations for the biggest day of racing at the track every season. Well, you know, I got. I think I got to start with the race itself. Uh, to be honest with you, it's a full gate filled, twelve horses, the most we can possibly offer. Fourteen horses. Never heard of this. I've worked here almost forty years. Never heard of this before. Fourteen horses actually tried to run in the race. We had to what's called exclude two. You go to a lifetime money earnings. So two horses were not, we actually had to turn two away. How incredible. And uh, so we'll have 12 go to post the race, really wide open race. There is a strong shooter as the favorite, the one to beat. And if you can get this horse beat, you're going to have a bucket full of cash uh, to take home for sure. That horse's name is Myopic, by the way, just purchased a couple of weeks ago for $200,000 U.S., and, uh, you know, bred to run an incredible distance. The trainer, uh, his name is Robertino Diodoro. He's won this race three of the last five years. He knows exactly what it takes to win the race, and he knows how to get it done. He knows the kind of horse flesh he He's based out of the U.S. He knows what to send up here to get it done. So uh, the road to the winner's circle definitely goes through myopic. Putting that all aside, it's an evening of racing. Uh, we don't have a lot of competition in the uh, satellite skies, if you will, so we'll have a lot of focus on Assiniboia Downs. The wagering pools will be massive. Uh, you know, responsibly, bet at will. You will not affect the odds. That I'm, uh, I'm sure of. Uh, a couple of really key wagering points, though, for those who like to, as you say, sprinkle a little. Uh, we have a guaranteed $50,000 pool in our pick four, so races four through seven. You pick four in a row. Uh, we'll put at least a guarantee of 50000 that could be won up there, and it'll go much higher than that. But our biggest wager of the day is the jackpot pick five. This happened last year a couple of times. It has not gone once since the start of the year, and the way to get it is be the only person who actually picks five winners in a row. So if multiple people do it, there's a payoff, but there's a carryover of part of the pool. But if you're the only person, you're the unicorn, if you will, then you'll get it done, and you'll take it home. We've guaranteed at least $1 million in it. I think it'll go higher than that. You literally could come out and change your life on Monday night and hope it happens for someone. It's being paid out. Uh, all of the money that's built up, about $330,000 right now, plus the wagering that day, there'll be a massive amount of money on the line on Monday. So the horse flesh is there. The table is set. Come and eat. Now, the uh, it's so it's a guaranteed for a single winning ticket on the 20-cent Jackpot pick five. Uh, now that's five. Which which races is that, Darren? Uh, that's going to be races three through eight. 
So I have that right four, five, six, seven, sorry, four through eight. Uh, start on race four, uh, finish with race eight. Manitoba Derby is going to be race seven. We normally go with seven races a day. We're going to go with an extra one uh, due to the audience that we know we're going to have worldwide uh, on Monday. So we'll have eight races in total. So races four through eight, try and pick the winner. Do it for a, you can do it for 20 cents or a 20 cent wheel. And the thing about 20 cent wheels, not to get too complicated here, but you put a lot of horses in without putting a lot of money out there. So, you know, five times four times five times four times five isn't going to cost you a lot when it's a 20 cent wheel. That's the way to say it. Pick all of your horses in each race. I mean, pick one in each race if you think you're that amazing of a handicapper. <laughs> but you can uh, you you can spread, if you will, uh, and take multiple options in each race, and it's not going to add up to a lot. And if you don't know what it costs, our mutual sellers on site are happy to take a moment and tell you, hey, here's the five you like, and times, 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 times. Um, they'll tell you, well, that'll be $27, or that'll be $270. And just by saying it, you're not committed to it. Uh, so you can back that out if it's a little out of your price range. Or if you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, there's a couple others I'd like to add in, and I have a bigger budget. So have some fun with it. Uh, chance at some serious coin, for sure. Well, it's certainly the day to get out to the Derby and the Assiniboia Downs to be part of it all. But as many of our regulars know, you can also uh, hit up hpibet.com. Uh, you can bet on the other races around the world. And then, of course, every night of live racing if you're not able to get out to the track. Um, Darren Dunn's with us from Assiniboia Downs. The Manitoba Derby goes Monday night, 7.30. The festivities get going. And... Uh, we're still riding through the rest of the season. I mean, the fact that fans are back right now, we've got some beautiful weather, Darren. And I've been telling people for the last couple of weeks, once it sort of seemed like where we were heading as a community, this week is going to be one of the great weeks for Winnipeg sports fans, maybe ever considering what we've been through. We started off at your spot on Monday for the Derby. The gold eyes come back for the first time in two years, play their home opener on Tuesday. And then of course the bombers and tie cats, raising a great cup banner and uh, hopefully a full house at IG field. Uh, it's going to be special. I think at all of these venues to bring people back and uh, setting up for, as I mentioned, one of the great weeks of sports viewing for Winnipeggers and Manitobans that, that we've had. And God knows we've been waiting for it. Oh, absolutely. You're right. Like uh, what a trifecta to use the term in the, you know, the vernacular that I live in, the, in this world out here of horse racing. That is amazing. I mean, uh, you know, and you're right. We've been patient. Uh, you know, it, it's been tough for everybody. That's a, you know, the understatement of the year, plural understatement of the years, but at the same time, uh, you know what, we're, we're, we're strong to rally for a cause. We're strong to get together. And this town is uh, so, so, so good at supporting each other. So uh, we know that we're going to have that support on Monday. We love the Gold Eyes. They're a great corporate partner of ours as well. And and the Bombers as well. As a matter of fact, we, uh, we donate our parking lot uh, each season and have for probably five or six years now for a park and ride. So uh, come on out uh, to Assiniboia Downs Monday for the Derby. Come on out and park your vehicle uh, Wednesday night and go on to, uh, go to uh, cheer on the Bombers because uh, it's going to be something that uh, I think uh, is uh, is special as you've identified. Certainly is. All right, just before we go, you mentioned Myopic as the favorite in the Derby. If we want to take a different horse that could maybe topple the favorite, uh, who should we consider, Double D? Wow, you know what? I'll tell you, you can almost throw a dart at the rest of them. I think Cozy Bear, um, a horse who uh, has the rail, uh, post position number one is coming in from Alberta. Strong. There's a lot of speed in this race. So I think the heavy favorite myopic is going to go to the lead and, you know, catch me if you can. And they, they might not. 
Uh, in saying that, uh, there's two or three others who could take a crack at him on the front end. It's a very long race. As a matter of fact, it's the longest race of the year we run. If they soften this horse on the front end, then all bets are off turning for home, and there is a number who could rally in here. I think Stone Cafe is uh, for the powerful Jerry Gornel Barn. He's their leading trainer out here. He, he's got two horses in the race, Wits Taquito, the four, and two Stone Cafe. Stone Cafe is very strong off the pace. I wouldn't be surprised if Wits Taquito maybe uh, showed some early foot to ensure a strong pace and set it up for someone from off the pace, which might be his other entry, Stone Cafe. So those are a couple that uh, make some sense. Flash of Glory won the Derby trial, uh, owned by Local Connections. A horse absolutely live to rally from off the pace and make it two in a row. Wouldn't shock anybody, but you're going to get a great price on this horse, probably $20. And, uh, I mean, the horse who wins the prep usually don't get $20 on when, uh, you know, when the big money's on the line on Monday. So, uh, wow, pull out your handicapping uh, best efforts on Monday. The value is going to be there. Uh, I even think that if you do like the favorite who is listed as eight to five, that's about $5.40 for a $2 win. Uh, I think you'll go off lower than that. Personally, I think you'll be more like even money you'll sort of double your money. And so, I mean, the worst case scenario is you could throw 10 bucks down and walk away with 20. If that's uh, something that interests you, um, uh, I think it's going to be a very tough horse to beat. But again, if he does get beat, it's going to be a hell of a payoff. Double D have a great weekend. I know yeah. the, uh, preparations will be, uh, Hot and heavy throughout the weekend, and then it's all about race number seven, the Manitoba Derby. It would be amazing, amazing night. And, folks, go to AS Downs for more on the million-dollar payout, the pick four, everything that's going on for it. And, of course, uh, check out ASD Live 645 for some tips from the guys before we go to post at 730. Darren, can't wait to see you out at the track, my friend. Have a great long weekend, and good luck to you and everyone at Assiniboia Downs on this year's running of the Manitoba Derby with fans. Love it. Appreciate it. Can't wait. All the best. <laughs> Thanks, Double D. There's Darren Dunn. Uh, find out more on Assiniboia Downs on Twitter, at Assiniboia Downs, and, of course, their website is asdowns.com. All right, we're going to get to uh, the cool bet lines in a couple of minutes. But let's bring in Michael Remus because I do want to uh, talk about a couple things that we didn't have time for at the beginning of the program. And then we got into some great stuff with Chris Meany, Jeff Hamilton, and Darren Dunn on the uh, on the program. Um, Remo, the one thing that we did not talk about yet, or right off the bat was another deal in the National Hockey League. Winnipeg's Ryan Reeves is now on his way to the New York Rangers. And what was funny about this trade is that Reeves gets dealt. And the next thing you know, about 10 minutes later, Tom Wilson is trending on Twitter. I think everyone was thinking exactly that when the Rangers got Ryan Reeves to take care of their Tom Wilson problem in that Metropolitan Division. The Rangers are getting uh, serious us about uh, not being soft. Everyone was ripping on them after Tom Wilson ragdolled our Tammy Panarin last year and dropped him on his head and uh, only got a fine. So the Rangers, they've gone out, they traded Buchnevich, you know, maybe a soft player, but he was like one of the top 50 scorers in the league. Would, didn't they get Barclay Goudreau signing him to some crazy, crazy deal? Thought what he did. Trade got Sammy Blay in the Buchnevich. So it's not enough toughness. You got to get more. Bring in a real heavyweight. Uh, the man who said he could fix... The Tom Wilson problem, uh, Ryan Reeves for a third round pick. So, I mean, Ryan Reeves, I don't think he's like as effective as a, as a player as he was in the past in terms of, you know, hockey playing, but in terms of uh, intimidation and toughness, 
Uh, he's uh, among the leaders in the league in those categories. Yeah, well, and, and it's funny. I also, speaking of Tom Wilson, we have to give some congratulations to Tom Wilson. Yes. Because he just got engaged to Winnipeg's Taylor Pischke, one of the great beach volleyball players of our country over the past few years. Been together for a while. Saw Taylor, uh, of course, former star at the U of M. Father Garth Pitchkey, the legendary volleyball coach for the U of M Bisons. Uh, saw them throw it on Instagram that they are tying the knot. So congratulations. Tom's more worried about his impending nuptials. Rangers worried about Tom Wilson. And that's why Ryan Reeves is on his yeah. way to Broadway. Re- um, Reeves also signed a, Elliot just reported an hour ago that he signed, or they're working on a one-year extension for Reeves at a 1.75 million and look i know a lot of people in chat had said this and someone messaged me saying you know the jets missed out they should have gotten in on reeves i'm like look guys they just traded two seconds and a third for like legitimate defensemen uh top four guys yeah <laughs> they also don't have the cap space to add 1.75 for a guy who's gonna play five minutes a game so i don't think uh the jets missed out although i would doesn't mean i would i love to see ryan reeves in a jets uniform of course but uh i don't <laughs> think it fits uh, the way the team's going. No doubt. Now, I got to give a shout out to Maul Paris. Um, he is on this. I am on this. I, people, how tired do I look right now? Do, do, <laughs> I, know, do, do I look any, any different than normally? Because I'll be honest, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I went out for a bit. I came back home. I got watching the Olympics. And then I made the commitment that I was going to stay up to watch Canada versus Brazil. It started at 3 in the morning. Of course, it went to extra time and then to a shootout. And our girls did it. Steph Labbe with two incredible saves on the fourth and fifth shot against the Brazilians. And this after Christine Sinclair, the legend of Canadian women's soccer and women's soccer period, shooting first for Canada, had a terrible penalty kick and was saved. And Canada was sort of under the gun. Just an amazing, amazing victory for our women. A special congratulations to our girl, the queen of Peg City, Des Scott, who had a monster game in the middle, as the Destroyer does. And now, Remo, we get the maybe the ultimate revenge match. Semi-final Olympics, early Monday morning, Canada versus the USA. And the minute this game was settled and we knew it was Canada-USA, everyone goes back to 2012 in London, I believe, the 4-3 loss to the Americans in the incredibly controversial way that it went down. Murat and I were talking about the BS from that game. Eight, what, nine years later, another matchup between these two countries, and what an opportunity for our girls to go for gold if they can beat the defending World Cup wow. champs. And 3 a.m. on Monday? 3 a.m. start. 3 a.m. start, yes. On Monday, hey, so, that, next, so that's really off. Sunday it's a day night, off. Eh? Yeah, that's exactly Ooh, Sunday night. I you could know, be, might, I could be talked in. Uh, I could be talked in. I loved um, women's soccer at the 2012 Olympics. I got so into it. You knew all the players. Um, the games were on not at 3 a.m., so you could uh, watch them on a normal schedule. I think they were in the afternoon, London time. And I, I love the way that they played. It was awesome seeing Team USA too here when the Women's World Cup was here. I went to one of those games. That was, that was oh, cool. me too. That was so, so fun. Listen, I am. I mean, yeah. I did watch the. I was out last night in the bar. I was at had the. I was watching the golf, but then we had the rowing and some of the other sports oh. just going going on. 
the women's eights. Did you see the women's eights win the I gold saw medal? I won. Yeah, I was so okay. I've got to ask the, the the driver, like not the driver, like the little woman at the front of the boat that isn't rowing at all, that just does blows the whistle. Like, what is that? What is that position? Is that essentially like the jockey in horse racing? They're going, yeah. And and I would say it was you really hogged the spotlight afterwards, despite not being one of the rowers. I had what do you to mean? Laugh. Got to motivate those guys. Come yeah, on, or ladies. I, I guess so. How are I they going to so. know what to do if the guy's not yelling at them? It, it, it felt like you know giving the trophy to the owner first before the players. <laughs> you know, like, I love it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh the co- cox wayne the cox yes the cox oh the cox the- of course the cox i got i was watching um the nbc coverage because my wife wanted to watch the uh all-around gymnastic and the nbc coverage man it was so frustrating we i mean they're showing it on a tape delay and they chop it up and drag it up so their pregame you know their show starts at 6 30 and ends at 10 30 they showed like the first three women's gymnastics events and like make you wait around to like the end of the show before they showed the last one. I was like, I was like ready to throw something at the TV. Um, but yeah, I know CBC was showing. So I've been kind of bouncing around uh, all, all the coverage for the Olympics. And I do have people in chat us asking, do you watch the men's soccer okay. as well? Okay. Want- <laughs> we got screwed. Hey, Canada men's national team. Now, Gold Cup semifinal, which was, you know, a great spot for them to get to, considering we don't have Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies is playing right now. And an absolutely incredible performance by Canada. Um, it's 1-1 late. And I- I'm just going to say this. Mexican soccer fans are the worst fans on the planet, period. There's probably a bunch of soccer fans in Europe that we might be able to compare to the Mexicans. But last night, chanting homophobic slurs, the game is stopped. A whole bunch of added time ended on uh, added on to the game, which really ended up benefiting Mexico, and they score late in the game. It was a travesty. And I mean, the Mexican fans, these are the same people that threw bags of piss at Logan, uh, at Landon Donovan, taking corner kicks in Stadio Azteca in a game between the U.S. and Mexico a few years back. So... Um, I, I, I can't say that I'm surprised, sort of disgusted, but I have to say incredibly proud of our Canadian men's team. And you know, I was thinking about this this morning after the girls um, you know, moved on with their incredibly exciting shootout win and penalties over Brazil. And I got thinking about where we are at right now as a soccer country. And I listened to Herdman after the game and some of the players. And listen, they're devastated, incredibly disappointed because they thought that they deserved a better fate. But I'll tell you what, Canada soccer is on the come up. There's going to be a, a game against Mexico for World Cup qualifying in November. I hope that they play that damn game outdoors in Edmonton or hell right here in Winnipeg. I mean, let's figure it out and be as least hospitable as possible when that team comes here. Because Canada right now finally has the athletes to be able to be in the mix to, to legitimately qualify out of CONCACAF. So, I'm uh, I'm buying stock in Canadian soccer on both the men's and the women's side. We'll have to wait a little while for the men, but it was a great performance last night. And it sort of does seem like CONCACAF just wants USA versus Mexico in the final. They were playing. Uh, they had many things going against them last night. But in the future, we'll be talking about wins for Canada. We'll be talking about legitimately representing the country in the World Cup and not just being an automatic qualifier because of a host. And I think more and more incredible young players from our system 
will be representing the country. And uh, I think in five years or so, the, 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 the place of Canadian soccer and our national teams is specifically on the men's side is going to be way different than where it is right now. A lot of that has to do with Alfonso Davies, but he's not the only incredible young player that Canada has right now. When those guys are all in the lineup, they're definitely going to give us a chance to win. So it was a wild, wild soccer night. Very unfortunate that right now, and this is nothing against one soccer, they've invested a lot in the product and you know being the official spot to get all the Canadian games. But I think there's so many very casual fans that aren't about to go and buy a subscription to catch the one game. But if it was on TV, it, you know, I think there'd be a lot of more people that would get into it. Obviously a terrible time to try to get something on TV in the middle of the Olympics when all of the stations are already committed to that. Uh, but going forward, pay attention to the Canadian men's national team. But first things first, set your alarms right now, Monday morning, 3 a.m., Canada, USA. It is going to be on, man. I, I am really, really fired. I have a feeling I'm going to get into tons of Olympics over the next few days, but that is going to be my focus. I promise I'll be up for that one. And uh, I hope many other people will because our girls definitely deserve the support. The time sucks. Three in the morning It literally is probably the most inconvenient time, but sometimes you got to make sacrifices. Yeah, I remember waking up for uh, you know hockey and watching that, and I've stayed up uh, for some sports before. So, uh, yeah, I, I could be talked into it. We'll see. Maybe I'll conveniently wake up in the middle of the night. The one thing about soccer, too, is you know what, how long the game is going to take. It's not like, you know, some other sports that uh, don't have a time limit. I know. I think that's the big appeal about soccer. So, uh, women, Canada, U.S., uh, on a long weekend. So, like, maybe if I was, like, 10 years younger, Huss, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't just wouldn't go to bed on the Sunday of a long weekend. Just stay up and watch that thing at 3 a.m. <laughs> That's but... probably what I'm going to be doing, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, I, yeah. Hey, I did it last night. So, I mean, I should be able to do it. Like, that was on a very busy day going into another busy day. This is going to be in the middle yeah. of a long weekend. This is going to be a breeze. I uh, can tell you, looking at the cool bet odds, USA, Canada, USA is the favorite, minus 133. Draw is, is plus 280. And Canada to win is plus 360. The other semi is the Australians who upset Great Britain. I didn't see the game, but it looked wild. 4-3 was the final. They're taking on the Swedes. Sweden, a heavy favorite, minus 143. Australia, 4-1. Um, and as far as just to win the game, like a draw is no bet. Uh, it looks like Canada, plus 270. USA, minus 400. So I will go and say, I think there's good value on, on our Canadian women. We'll certainly be on that. Um, as far as the Olympic golf right now, they did have that delay last night. So I'm not sure whether like Hideki and some of those guys had finished their last couple of holes, but Xander Shoffley is the leader. He's the favorite right now. Plus 165. My guy Hideki Matsuyama was originally 18 to one, closed at about 13 to one. He's now plus 475. Carlos Ortiz at eight to one. Rory McIlroy, 11 to one. You can get all the odds at cool bet. Certainly Jay's game tonight as well. Actually, let's check the Jay's game because this is the big one. Minus 238. Huge favorites against the Kansas City Royals. Perfect team to have come in. Although the Royals were playing good. They won six in a row last week. Um, Jay's two run favorites if you want to hit the run line at minus 102. Uh, and even minus 2.5 plus 118 if the, uh, the bats will be going. And again, Remo, for people that are just popping in, I mean, the big news for the Blue Jays was a big, big acquisition from the Minnesota Twins at a pretty significant cost. 
But uh, exciting people even more as the team comes home tonight for the homecoming game. Yeah, this is awesome. We haven't had um, Jay's what Jay's at home for a long time, and they got these two these new additions: Brad Hand showing with the bullpen. But I mean, Jose Barrios, he's an absolute stud. Um, you gotta like the 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 move. I see some people online, you know, prospect hugging us. Um, I I saw that term where you know a lot of people just attach these guys who've never done anything. You're trading for prospect like, hugging. I, pro- I like that <laughs> prospect hugging, and uh, but I think you gotta you gotta like it, man. And I, I started thinking about you know other trades that the Jays made where they gave up uh, some prospect, and one of those was like. Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd. And I remember it really, um, I mean, those guys didn't turn out to anything. There were some other, the prospects they gave away to, for Josh Donaldson, you know, worked out nothing. I remember when the Jays got prospects for Roy Halladay, we were all hyped about Kyle Drabeck for so long. <laughs> and I mean, he, uh, he didn't work out for him. So uh, prospects, never a sure thing. If you can get an ace, it seems like the Jays are really uh, trying to go for it with Rayu and now Barrios. So we'll see. And, here, Huss, we got to check out the screen. Yeah. We got a nice super T-Kona, chat from Polly. T Kona, Polly, thank you very much, man. He says, Happy 100th, gang. It was a great week. 100 was on Monday. Put five towards Huss's yap, and he can sprinkle on the ponies to get that gold grill. LOL. Enjoy the long weekend, gang. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm in much better shape this Friday than I was last Friday. That's for sure. But, uh, Anyways, it has been an amazing week. I mean, some big, big shows starting off with the 100th. And uh, don't forget, if you do want to get in, I believe before four, you can order Little Brown Jugs. If you want to deliver it home and uh, use that promo code WST100 for free delivery up until July 31st. Um, Remo, I, we, of course, are going to get to the marble race to finish yeah. things off with a uh, four pack or four passes for Breezy Bend arts some little brown jugs on the course and maybe one on the 19th hole that beautiful patio at breezy bend afterwards but before we do that because we'll sort of finish the show with that why don't we play the chris strevler video if we can get that yeah because just, of course loading next, it up. next week is going to be all about the bombers and tie cats the home opener on thursday before that as i mentioned we got the gold eyes coming back kicking it off on tuesday and the manitoba derby on monday but it was pretty cool for anyone that saw it on social media that uh, one of Winnipeg's favorite sons, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Chris Strebler from NFL training camp, did a video to uh, shout out the fans and uh, wish the Bombers and everybody luck going into Thursday. And I'm sure our Winnipeg Sports Talk audience would love to take a look at Strebler considering uh, we eat up everything that Strebler throws at us. He was just that much fun to have. Yeah, I'm just getting it uh, low. Hold it up. One, one second here. All right. Should hey, I we rock this thing? Yeah, here we go. Here's uh here's Strevy from uh from Arizona shouting out the bombers and their fans. What's going on, Bombers fans? This is Chris Strebler here, sending out a quick message from Glendale, Arizona at Cardinals Camp. I just want to let you guys know, go ahead and get those tickets for Thursday night, August 5th, the home opener. I know it's gonna be rocking. I just got on the sweatshirt right now, but it's a little too hot for the fur coat. I wish I could be there with you guys, man. I know the banner unveiling is going to be amazing. I know you guys are going to have that place rocking. Couldn't be more excited the league's able to come back this year and have a season. I know you fans are excited. I know the players are excited to get things rolling. So get loud. Get extra lit. Make an extra stop at the Rum Hut for me. Have some fun. And let's get a dub. 
<laughs> that is just vintage Strevler. Get extra lit. Make an extra stop at the Rum Hut. Get loud and get out there. And uh, listen, I don't think Strev's going to have to do much arm twisting, uh, Remo, because I think this city and fans of the Blue Bombers are ready to go on Thursday. They're going to open up the doors an extra half hour early so people can get in and get to their seats and make that stop at the Rum Hut beforehand and before they kick off. That Grey Cup banner going up 29 years in the making. It'll all come together on Thursday night as we finally get back to business as fans and for the Grey Cup champs. Yeah, I think Strevy's got some practice doing these videos. I know he's uh, popular on Cameo. He's one big of the, Cameo guy. He's one and of the they're best probably values. all coming from Winnipeg. Yeah. Like, the, what do you say? What would the percentage of Chris Strevler's Cameo request be from Winnipeg? I'm going to say 90%. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say 90. I know Willie Jefferson's on there too. Strevler will start off charging like 15 on Cameo. I think he's up to 30. US. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what a good hype, man. I mean, he was incredible for the Bombers and great to see him having uh, so much success. I mean, we were pretty hyped last year and we'll have another NFL season. We'll wait and see. Maybe he'll get into some more, uh, some more action. Uh, all right. So listen, before we finish up the program, we do have the marble race coming up. Uh, if you're just popping in here a little bit later on, uh, just a quick mention again, Blue Jays, Reviewing party tonight at Boston Pizza City Place. Jay's teeing up with Boston Pizza. Going to be an awesome event. Couple free drinks for everybody. Free BP wings, nachos, cactus cuts, or your your favorite gourmet pizza. Every attendee is going to get prizes along with draws for grand prizes, including Jay's jerseys, hoodies, and more. But seating's very limited. Before the show, there's about 20 spots left. So if you're with us and you want to head out tonight, 6 o'clock for the game at the Boston Pizza downtown in City Place where we used to do all the pregame shows, give them a call, 925-4109. Ask for Crystal. They'll let you know if there's room, get you set up, and uh, maybe we'll see you there a little later on today. All right, Remo. Yeah. Hey, uh, we did. A, I just one note. I saw uh, Dreger and Ferraro put out a podcast, and Dreger said that uh, the Jets are looking to add a forward, most likely via trade. And then he speculated about um, the Jets trading Hainala because he's uh, small, and they already have Morsi and Pionk. Whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, I, we said this before. I mean, they have these three. I don't want to get into some heavy Jets talk as we're wrapping up the show, but I mean, they have three prospects Hainala, Sandberg, Stanley. They can't all play. They have how a bunch of defense locked up for three years. Um, assuming Peon gets a long-term deal, Morrissey, uh, DeMello, Dylan, and Schmidt. You can't play those guys. They're probably more valuable somewhere else. So maybe you can find a partner and help yourself out. So I think that's something to stay tuned to. Uh, but nothing, I don't think that's anything, anything like terribly breaking. But it is yeah, interesting I, that Trader you know, is talking about it. Yeah, they'll be scuttled by, uh, about that. Speaking of prospect hugging, um, there, there of, will be. Pro- yeah, there, there's a lot. There's, before you even hear what the deal is, people in chat are saying, no, don't trade Hainala. How dare you trade him? You don't know what the return is. You have no idea. So I don't know how you can say. I think you need to look at, at, the, option, at the options. Um, and by the way, speaking of the Jets, we talked about Matthew Perot, Frenchie on the way back home to Quebec and playing for the Montreal Canadiens. Jets just in the past half hour put together uh, a nice about two-minute video with some of oh, the uh, really? pro highlights. Uh, you can see that at NHL Jets. I'll retweet that right now if you want to just go to my at uh, Hustlerama. And I know a lot of people are pal the Jets Pope. I was not emotionally prepared for this today. 
A lot of people, I mean, you know, hey, it's part of the business, and I don't think anyone expected that Pro was for sure coming back considering the salary and whatnot. That being said, finding out yesterday that he was going to go back home and be a Montreal Canadian, uh, the the Matthew Pro Appreciation Society has been loud and proud over the last 24 hours, Reem, and it will be really cool to have him come back in a Habs jersey and be welcome back to Winnipeg with his new team. Yeah, I... Uh... I like, you know, Matthew Pro, great spent a lot of time here, great player. But I agree, agree with what Jeff said. I mean, his role had been diminished. He wasn't going to come back he, making the salary he was before. He would have to take a pay cut. And I think the part of there's a little ego there. It's like, well, do I want to come back making like, you know, a fourth of what I made before? Or could I go live a childhood dream and play for Montreal? And nothing against Winnipeg, but maybe just felt like his, his time here was up. And, you know, didn't really want to come back again with a diminished role and, uh, you know, wanted to move on. So he was, I mean, he was a great player here, spent a lot of time. Uh, uh, the Earl of the Empire State throwing in a trade. How about Cop and Hanela for Patrick Line? Yeah, I saw that. I, saw that. <laughs> I don't think Line's salary would fit um, under, the, under the Jets' uh, salary cap right now. And I don't think they're looking to bring him back. But I know a lot of, I know a lot of, uh, Fans, you know, you'd love to see Lionel like come back like near the end of his career, assuming he's playing like a long career, come back for one last hurrah with Winnipeg. I guess when the Columbus comes, I'm sure he'll will he be getting a tribute video, Hus? Oh, a hundred percent. Are you kidding? I mean you know, <laughs> that that will be I mean, yeah, I haven't even thought of that. It's yeah. been a while, but it's we, been a while. I haven't yeah. seen Line come back. All that's gonna be yeah, you know what? Picking the games next year, the Columbus game all of a sudden is a probably a little bit more in demand than it might normally oh my be. God. Um, okay. <laughs> all right, let's, let's finish it off. We had one the guy, way... I'm sorry. We had sorry. one guy come in here, start saying jets and Leafs are a laughing stock of Canada. He just kept typing it over and over. So I banned him, <laughs> came back again with, under a different name. And so I just, this guy, our first one guy creating multiple accounts. I shouldn't even bring it up because then over the top it. rope. Well, yeah, you know, it's nice. Yeah. It's been, it's been a very, you know, for such a busy week, it's been pretty tame. Uh, most of the right i mean we know the vast majority of everyone here is going to pick sports talk very cool uh but then again sometimes you get a few clowns a few losers and uh remus has to regulate and throw them over the top rope in the chat and that's exactly yeah. what just happened yeah uh, and that is actually getting me even fired up a couple eliminations and now we get ready for a marble race for a great prize package from our friends at little brown jug and breezy bend golf and country club we did this going into July long weekend and we're doing it again going into August long weekend. We have everyone that signed up on the Instagram post. We've got you in. Remo, pick a good track. We can't go with the yeah, Indy 500 that was like a, last time. That was a brutal track <laughs> last time. And I did all the updates before, so it should be good to go. So who are we putting in? I have all the names. We had, uh, we did the contest on Instagram. So you had to like follow us on Instagram comment and tag a friend so i think we had like 100 names beautiful how do we have we had like i think we had like 100 names and then i added in i added in hustler remus the little brown jug is that cool perfect perfect that sounds okay. great now um the other thing is what the prize is as we mentioned um the winner is going to get a uh, a foursome out at uh, beautiful breezy couple carts for you and your friends couple lbjs on the course and probably one waiting for you on the patio on the 19th hole that beautiful patio at breezy bend overlooking the 18th hole 
Um, so you'll be able to, you know, go at some point in August. We'll get you set up with Corey and the gang, and they will set you up. But uh, very simply, we've got all the entries in. We've got it locked and loaded. Remus is going to pull it up, and uh, we will look forward to seeing who our big winner is. And thanks again to everyone. If you haven't already, I know some people aren't on the other social media platforms, but we're at Sports Talk WPG on Twitter, at Sports Talk WPG on Instagram, Facebook as well. Although I can't stand Facebook, a lot of people do still use it quite often. We're um, big and on apparently, there. And apparently, as Remus just mentioned today, uh, TikTok. We, we have a TikTok. I've yet to see it, but I'm going to get into TikTok on the weekend now that we actually have an, uh, uh, have an account. All of our um, social medias are in the description of this video, so go and click on them. We could use a couple more on Instagram, a couple more on, on Facebook. So give us, a, give us a follow here. I'm adding, I'm going to add all the names. We've got 100 people in, in that's including us and Little Brown Jug. All right, we got perfect. We got them all. Yeah, name count one hundred. Okay, so let me let me pull up the thing here. Yeah, while you do that, I'm just going to take a look at the uh, a few of these comments. Um, here we are, Dallas Paul. Hey, Dallas, what's up? He's going golfing tomorrow with some friends. That sounds good. Big guy, great show again, guys. Looking forward to next week. But big guy, great stuff. Justin Fung asking the question we're all asking right now: Did we check Remo's marble for polish and shine? <laughs> I, yeah, no. I got the opposite of spider tack on. <laughs> uh, Gitch Lishka, uh, my marble was laying, laying next to a moistened pile of hay. That's unfortunate. That's probably not good for the aerodynamics on it. And uh, 18 over par. If I win the forest and I want to play two 18 holes with us, you might be able to work that out. By the way, shout out to the guys at 18 over par podcast. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with them on that program a couple of weeks ago. Definitely check them out I, on your favorite podcast feed. I want to say, I see a lot of people commenting in the chat that they don't have Instagram because they don't like sharing pictures of themselves. You don't have to post when you get there. <laughs> you, you can just follow, follow video, you know, channels that just show videos of people getting hurt. That's what it's for. Okay. It's not for, I have it. I haven't posted anything in like a year. I throw up the occasional story, you know, when I see something funny. But uh, I mostly follow and watch videos of people getting hurt. So I think that's Rob what Mahoney, for. Yeah. I don't have Instagram because I look terrible yeah. in a bikini. Well, you Dude, as I said, we don't care. You don't need to post it. But I'll yeah. tell you what, there's a lot of other people to do. And that's why you should probably get one of those accounts. Yeah, yeah just because you have a social media <laughs> account doesn't mean you have to share. You can have one and just follow stuff you're interested in. Um, like, you know, whatever hockey team or player. Or a news source. I mean, I'm getting a lot of or news Or Instagram now. models. Yeah, or, yeah, Instagram model. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. Remus was an Instagram model, but then he got married and had a kid. He had to retire from that I stopped. Game. I stopped. It was, it was yeah. a good run, though. It was definitely a good run. And some people say, oh, Mitch said he posts food, of course. Yeah. And some people um, said they didn't hear about it. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, listen to the show. We did tweet about it as well. <laughs> so you've got to follow us on all the social medias. Remus is a creeper, says Earl of Empire State. I don't, I don't know why I'd say that, but sure, go, go ahead. Man. Wild, wild pig slop. My marble has been cleared by Dick Pound. Uh. Just, just be an. Justin <laughs> Funk says, just be a creeper who sprinkles the, the likes. Sprinkles the likes. I yeah. only troll on the WST YouTube channel. Can't do Insta yeah. as well yeah, as Mal Paris. 
Malparis also, when I did my impression of a uh, whiny Jets fan about the Jets trading Hainal, you know, Malparis was like, I don't sound like that. I was like... <laughs> He wasn't saying you did, Ball. He wasn't saying you did. You're, you're just, a guy. You're always just with us. Immediate reaction. No, Hainala, <laughs> how could we trade him? Let's wait till you see. I do think you need to trade one of those uh, three defensemen. You got too many, and there's not there's no spots unless like although people are gonna get hurt. Uh, that is you do absolutely. Need, guys yeah. are gonna get hurt. Like if yeah. anyone thinks, oh, these guys aren't gonna be seen this year. Absolutely not. I mean, as long as they're with the team and with the organization, even with the moose. They'll be in there at some point. I mean, it would be great if everyone stays healthy all year, but that's very unrealistic. Um, so playing a lot in the American Hockey League, being there if they need to come up. I mean, I don't know. I, I like that situation right now. I'm pretty happy with where the Jet Blue line is. But again, if they feel they need to address something up front, that is a spot that, you know, with the addition of Dylan and Nate Schmidt, that maybe they do have the ability to trade one of those guys. All right, let's yeah. get it up. We got everybody okay. in there, Reem. Which track should I pick? Um, and can you see all the names? We got Marbles Diner. We got the Paperclip. I forget which one. Whatever we did, that that other one, the Gauntlet, Eye of the Storm, Beijing. <laughs> few few will survive. Sounds pretty. Sounds <laughs> which pretty one's wild. That? Which one? Where's that? <laughs> you oh, just passed it. I think you yeah, will right survive. There. Okay. How about that one? That there'll be a lot of eliminations. It'll be like uh, it'll be like the chat room uh, the day after Shifley got suspended in the playoffs. Okay, this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is um a shorter one, so it'll be about a minute and a half race. But we can do few few will survive. Uh excellent. I'll, I'll hit race. It's loading. Hopefully everyone can see. And these are where people who did on our uh Instagram. All right. Here we go. Few will survive. We've got everybody in. It's been a great week. Thanks for everyone's support. Hit the like button, the thumbs up if you haven't already. If you're new and you haven't subscribed, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, we do these occasionally. We've got some great stuff from our sponsors, and it's always fun to finish up a week with a big marble race. So everyone that's entered from the Instagram contest, good luck. You are in. Michael Remus, without further ado, you can uh, get us underway. Gentlemen, start your engines. Isn't that, isn't that what they say, right? <laughs> Here we do. Here we oh, go. And the uh, leaders are in the top right of the screen. You guys can see little brown those. jug. The little brown jug getting uh, out to uh, a nice start. Although now this is an interesting one. It all depends on your angle. Who gets down the hole first? Yeah. Oh, Matt Krenz, Thomas J. Horns in there, Little Brown Jug, Klassen. I mean, uh, all sorts of action in and around the uh, the front. There's an elimination. Oh, just saw some, saw somebody go out. Where is everyone? Oh, there's an. Oh shit! I, I'm screwing up really bad here. Directing everything. Oh, King Brian James. King Brian James X1V has a pretty significant lead. But as I said, considering few will survive, there could be an elimination at almost any point right now got a nice lead there though oh somebody just went off i think that was chad graphic brendan wilson just got eliminated and now there's whoa some serious speed going on Which, here oh well, they missed the thing they they missed the thing exactly oh, everyone's missing it oh my god they're just waiting down no one's speed. hit it too much speed what's going on <laughs> this is going to be you will survive Oh, someone hit it. Oh, is Brian King Brian James ended up winning? What just happened there? King Brian James, this is wild. What just happened? So many, so many eliminations. 
So there it is. King Brian James, X1V, first place. Uh, the rest, Tool Force, Sassy Spartan. Drusman was in there. Alec Paula. What up, Alec? Jay Lockster, Ellen Greenberg, and, uh, well, there's the rest of it. Oh, Stifa was in there, too. What up, Shane? Tenth overall. So congratulations to the king, Brian James, the 14th for his win. Now, is that what it is? I mean, I'm assuming that X1V is uh, 14. Roman numerals. So King Brian James, the 14th of the Winnipeg Sports Talk crew is our winner. Brian's going to be enjoying some cold little brown jugs with three friends out at Breezy Bend sometime coming up this month. So congratulations to Brian, the king, if you will, the 14th. And uh, everyone, I just got to tell you, thank you so much for the support. Um, it was great to get to 100 on Monday. This entire week has been wild. We've had some great turnouts. Uh, again, if you can, spread the word on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And if you haven't checked out the store already, Remus is wearing one of the T-shirts. Uh, we've got a couple T-shirts. We've got some hoodies coming soon, koozies and hats. Uh, but certainly the T-shirts and the hoodies, people rocking them around the city. It's just wonderful for us to have the support from you all as well as um, kind of flying the flag out on the street. So uh, if you haven't already checked out the Winnipeg Sports Talk store, go to winnipegsports.com, click the store link. We've ordered the stuff ourselves. Great quality stuff. I think you really like it. So we do appreciate that. If you haven't already, folks, on the way out, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. And uh, other than that, Remo, we got three days off. We got Olympics coming up. I cannot wait for Canada, USA, early Monday morning. And I'll tell you what, we're going to come into Tuesday's show coming off Monday night's Manitoba Derby, getting ready for the Gold Eyes to return to Shaw Park on Tuesday with their home opener back in the peg. And then we'll be just 48 hours away from getting back to IG Field for the Bombers and Ticats. Still a few tickets remaining for that, folks. If you want to be at the game, get your tickets now. Do not be left out. I am I'm fired up for this weekend, dude. But man, next week is going to be amazing beginning right with the derby getting back to the ballpark and then thursday night the main event bombers tie cats great cup banner raising and 30 plus thousand fans having fun once again at our beautiful stadium yeah i gotta uh i gotta do uh, a practice marble race next time so i i gotta become more familiar with the tracks maybe uh on my twitch channel we'll do uh one night we'll just I'll just run. Hey, we're we're practicing marble races, and uh, I, I'm in learn. for that. So I'm definitely in for that. We kind of can do some some fun other things that maybe we don't normally hit on the program. Anyways, uh, that is going to do it for us, folks. Everyone, you got anything else before we uh, uh, before we roll? Um, I wanted to say something, but I forget what it was. No. Oh, I, Rob Mahoney, Remo throws the perfect game today. Have a great weekend. Oh, yeah. Was it was a pretty ideal uh, ideal run, worked, uh, run it, today. Something happened with your microphone, and uh, you doubled. But other than that, it was it was pretty flawless, though. Uh, there were a bunch of baseball trades, actually. Yeah, the Cubs are selling everyone, uh, and the Nationals are selling everyone. It's really hard to keep uh, track. Well, yeah, Scherzer and Trey Turner went to the yeah. Dodgers yesterday. And, Rizzo ended up on the Yankees. Yeah. Joey Gallo was already on the Yankees for a trade earlier yesterday. Uh, but the big news today, if you're just popping in, Jays get Barrios. And, of course, that view party down at Boston Pizza. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's full already, but if you want, they'll be giving away a lot of free stuff, some great prizes. 925-4109 if you want to get a spot, and maybe we'll see you there. All right, that's going to do it for us. I got to run over to uh, 
my other window, if you will, and get going with Pat Steinberg on Sports at 960 this afternoon, finishing up a great week with those guys as well. So feel free to join us. I'll be on coming up at the top of the next hour. And other than that, everyone, have a safe, wonderful long weekend with your family and loved ones. Enjoy the Olympics. Set your alarm for that game at 3 a.m. Monday morning, Canada, USA. Make a plan maybe to hit the Derby on Monday night. And we'll be back here at 1 o'clock on Tuesday getting ready for CFL kickoff, the Gold Eyes home opener, and any other information that comes out of the National Hockey League over the course of the long weekend. Thanks again to our sponsors, Paramount Services Limited, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Assiniboia Downs, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Coolbet Canada, and of course, Little Brown Jug and Breezy Bend, who had just put that great prize together, won by the King here on our Marvel Race. That's going to do it for us, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're out of here. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.